1: Hey, elevate your style game on and off the course with PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com slash Pardo. Use code Pardo at checkout and save 10% on all apparel. That is pxg.com slash Pardo. Code Pardo to save 10% on apparel. Pxg.com slash Pardo. Code Pardo. Pxg. Grip it and wear it. Did you know learning actually makes a sound? It's true.
0: Listen. That's the sound of you learning a new language with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as 3 weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners, at babbel.com slash pardo. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash pardo, B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash P-A-R-D-O. Rules and restrictions apply.
2: Please don't take this person out. Would you politely go to hell?
3: Get the fuck out of my way.
1: What's up, player?
0: Do 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 Call the cops. There's a
1: plant singing. That's the name of the van, you freak. Aren't oh, like Mr. Bean? Mr. Sizzle I find you so asexual. Use it. Use it. Don't me, Frankenstein. Bad at
0: On tape. It's the fastest hour in podcasting. This is never not funny. Now, here is your host, Jimmy Pardo.
1: Hello everybody indeed. Yes, Welcome to the program episode Oh boy 2618? 2618 15. 2615. 2616. 2617. Yeah. Aha! Winner winner! Chicken dinner! That's a phrase I've always hated. I don't know why I hate it, but I do. I can't explain it. I like chicken, I like dinners, I like winning. I'll leave anything that that uh, sentence has, but I don't together. Uh, Do you hate put it because those um, together.
0: Guy Fieri? I, I think uh, I had heard it before, but Guy Fieri is the guy who really ran that phrase uh, into the ground, I think.
1: I can tell you, I've never heard him say it. Uh, so okay. uh, I know it from like the 70s. And uh, mm-hmm. I forget that some comedian would say, uh, it wasn't Red Buttons. It was never got a dinner. That was uh, his great phrase at the roasts about why are we roasting this man when so-and-so and so-and-so and so and so did all these other things. Never got a dinner. Uh, very funny stuff. Uh, the great red buttons. Uh, welcome to the program. Day after Father's Day, I assume Matt, you had a nice Father's Day yesterday. Yes, I did. Great. How about you? Did I have a nice Father's Day? That's a very good question. My, uh, uh, I did. My, my wife uh, bought a badminton set, a very uh, oh. inexpensive badminton set that you could set up uh, within seconds in the the yard. They they went to the park on Saturday and did it and. Uh, Then we set it up in the front yard uh, yesterday, and uh, I did as much as my back would allow me to do. I enjoyed, uh, you know, hitting that birdie around a little bit, that shuttlecock. Uh, with, the, but you know, it's, a, it's a, uh, the, you know, the rackets are ch- chintzy, but the, you know, the, it, it, it who cares? It was all should fun. should
0: be that the badminton should not, uh, you should not spend more than $20 on everything it takes to play badminton.
1: Uh, well then you have not bought badminton equipment in a while. It, uh, it's going to cost you a little bit more than that. Okay. Uh, but I will tell you that after we played yesterday and, uh, I, I, of course, right, uh, on, on brand with me, I, I, I ordered a hundred dollar, uh, racquetball or badminton <laughs> racket off of Amazon. I, I, I of course didn't i did not but uh, boy do i see that being something i uh would have our, this was great though our neighbor a gentleman across the street whose name i don't know uh, but he's a very very nice guy um he uh we set up the net and all of a sudden he came running across the street with what looked like a hundred dollar badminton racket and he goes i'm ready to go and, I said, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said bring it on he goes oh yeah we got one in the backyard he goes but that's a good looking net and uh whenever you and i said i go well we just got it from big five and uh he said well when you're ready we, we got things set up in the back we're, we're here we're here so nice uh there may be some uh neighborhood badminton tournament going on that i will get my ass kicked if that guy uh has played uh, one other time than him running <laughs> across the street now how many people are in his family like
0: is it going to be a three on three a four on three
1: you know their house is uh, it's I, I don't i don't know who's who over there mm-hmm. it's um uh i I think he's probably about 45 years old and i think his wife and or girlfriend is the same age Mm -hmm. and then there seems to be an older couple that comes there uh a lot and i don't know if they come to visit do they live there and then go somewhere else i don't know Mm -hmm. i i I don't know no no
4: kids
1: there are no kids okay uh but there's always minimum three cars Mm. uh they've also got a motorcycle uh, so and they, from what I want to understand they got a badminton uh, court in the backyard so uh, we did that uh, I also uh, we also had some dinner of course but then we went to visit we also went to my in-laws uh, uh, yeah at least distance. showed me that
0: on uh, on on Facebook I guess it was and uh, she showed it to me because she was just she was like look at the smile on Walter's face it's like just the most touching thing you've ever seen he looked so happy uh, it was it was really touching it was it, it uh it was nice to see
1: no oh, that's very nice uh, uh i don't know what wonderful story i was telling at that given moment uh, <laughs> <laughs> um uh i uh, danielle did because uh, judy said hey take a you know take a picture or whatever and then i said to danielle hey did you take the picture And she said oh yeah ages ago so it's like i, I don't remember that po- that picture of uh, that photograph being taken
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh it was nice to see our in law. she had some uh, nice um uh, uh, individual cakes little uh, tiny cakes nice i would assume from victor bennis because that's where my uh, mother-in-law gets all of her uh, desserts uh and doesn't shut up about it and um, <laughs> i don't know what that is uh, i uh, dude i had never heard the name victor bennis until 22 years ago when i started dating danielle <laughs> and judy said uh hey we're having cake it's victor bennis and then it was just non uh, danielle and i always joke about how it's victor bennis and yeah it's, uh, they're, it's very good. It's very good.
5: I, I uh-huh. will tell you that as a Los Angeles native, I have never heard those words <laughs> together.
1: I believe it, it might be inside Gelson's. It might be. Oh, uh, so maybe, yeah. And
0: I hardly ever shopped at Gelson's. The
1: Gelson's uh, on
0: uh, Laurel and uh, Riverside.
1: I think so. I, and you know why you haven't shopped at Gelson's, right, Elliot?
0: Because it's a million dollars?
5: Because it's a
1: ridiculous, yeah, you yeah. get a package of hot dogs that cost two bucks at Target or $17. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
5: there was, I don't know if there still is a Gelson's in, in Pacific Palisades, which is a ritzy little neighborhood. And there is the Gelson's to, there and I went to high school there and I remember not wanting to to shop there even for my little lunchtime snacks they would let us go off campus and I was like somebody would want to go to Gelson's I'm like huh.
0: Not expensive the, the main thing okay. I know about uh the Palisades I think Tom Hanks lives there or, or lived there I don't know if he still does um maybe Spielberg did you I, I've never asked you this but it suddenly occurred to me did you were there like celebrity kids at your school
5: yes uh, the main one that I feel I feel comfortable mentioning is uh, Dom DeLuise's kids. Uh, oh, uh, Peter. Go school with them. Uh, uh, Peter, all three. So uh, oh,
0: wow. Peter, Michael, and David. Peter uh, used to I, live I, up the street from me in West Hollywood when I lived oh, in cool. West Hollywood. It's weird.
5: I never really knew Peter because he was older than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Michael was one year ahead of me, I believe, and David was one year behind. And so I had some classes with David uh, in theater.
1: The DeLuises. Mm-hmm. Did you just walk up to them And slap them in the face Like Burt Reynolds would do to their father (laughs) I never
5: never did that Never did that
1: Uh, I I never understand I'm sorry oh i'm sorry oh go ahead
2: no go ahead. no go ahead you also want to say no 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 well, no
1: no, I- no el uh, garen you go ahead
2: <laughs> oh, I-, I was just gonna say that gelson's has the best macaroni and cheese i've ever had uh, right. thank
1: you garen we've stopped talking about gelson's 45 minutes ago <laughs> you
2: know what i had it in the helper i just, just <laughs> to
1: go <laughs> listen uh, you know what uh, you got something out of conversation uh, you know i uh, here's the thing since you brought gelson's back up and anything to stop elliot from talking um, that's unfair um the uh, when I first moved to the valley, Gelsons was right near my house. And I didn't know any better. I just thought that was my local. Right. Grocery. And all of a sudden, it's like, why the hell is, why are groceries costing me more than rent? What is happening? And, <laughs> I, and then I would like, I would say that to like my mom and dad, they'd go, "Well, oh, Los Angeles, probably more expensive than Chicago. And then dummy figured out, well, go to Ralph's. How about that? Yeah. Go, you know what? Go Safe left. Way. Go left on Riverside. <laughs> or uh,
0: or any whatever. direction. There's probably there. four Ralph's like surrounding yeah. that one Gelson's.
1: Might have been Albertsons at the time, maybe sure. a Hughes. Oh yeah. Hughes. I remember Hughes. That was a good, uh, that was a good grocery yeah. store. Hey, Ellie, is that bothering you? There's no way nope, for me to... Nobody can see it. All right. Only, uh, only you and
5: I. I will uh, say
0: this, because we can't let the Deluise conversation drop. Uh, no, 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 I don't want you to. I thought Peter Deluise... When I was a kid, I loved 21 Jump Street, and mm-hmm. I thought he was great on that show.
5: He was great on that, and he's, a, he's an excellent director. Oh, really? uh, as far as as far as Mike, I mean, I don't know him personally in that way, but um, but he's he did a lot of Stargate episodes and he's mm. done some other sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's very good.
1: I um, uh, i want to say that Andrew Koenig was friends with one of the Deluise kids. I want to it's uh, plausible. say that they were buddies. Maybe they, maybe they met on 21 Jump Street. I don't know. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Andrew, Andrew was on one episode of that. I th- Was he on one or did he recur for like a little arc? I don't know. I know that he had to go up to Vancouver for a while to shoot up there. hmm. Um, so, but I don't, I don't remember how many episodes, Garen looked at it, maybe you can look that up on the IMDB, the international, nope, IMDb. the internet movie <laughs> database. I'm sure it goes internationally. You could use that across the countries, uh, various yeah. countries.
5: Well, oh, while he's looking that up, I will say that uh, I also have another connection with 21 Jump Street in that, uh, uh, Sal Jenko was, I believe the janitor on 21 Jump Street. He you mean like behind the
1: scenes, like the guy that worked at the studio? <laughs> no,
5: no, no. He was the, he was the janitor character. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, he became an interior decorator. And I, ha- I, I hooked up with him on Craigslist of all places. And, uh, and he, did the, uh, he, he redid the interior of my condo when I was in Santa Monica. And I became friends with him then. <clears throat> so... I'll mention that I guess
1: so you so you so you, <laughs> you, you, you 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 met a man who who I met used a man who, uh, <laughs> who I acted guess he
5: the interesting... Uh, no, I, I could email him I, right now if I want to. I'll take a Whoa. look. I'll take him <laughs> on,
1: guys. Elliot, you <laughs> can email him right now.
0: Let's, let's get him on. I'm going to take like the 25% of the blame because I asked him, <laughs> did he go? Did he have any celebrity classmates yeah. or children? But somehow Elliot turns the simple thing of, did you go to school with any famous people's kids into, I know the janitor from 21 Jump Street because he decorated my apartment. <laughs>
1: Now, all right. That, that said, say, do we know Sal from anything else? For because I was a guy, I never watched Twenty One
2: Jump Street. I didn't I, see the I'm first sure
5: twenty. He did some other <laughs> acting, I but, it, but I first think twenty. His biggest. I think that was his biggest
1: thing.
2: Honestly, uh-huh. I'm like, looking uh, right now. Uh, Andrew was on one episode of Twenty One Jump Street. All right, thank you for that. Sal Jenko.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sal Jenko, uh, I, who I understand now is like an interior designer. Yeah, and he does. He does hotels and stuff. Don't give a shit. Oh
0: my god,
5: hotel.
1: He was in
2: Donnie Brasco. He was oh, living out loud. A, oh, I didn't oh. know that.
5: He's going to yeah, be he's done. He's got.
2: He was in the Wonder Years. He played Sal. <laughs> you know what? Tony I apologize,
1: then, uh, Elliot. Uh, this is a, a, a terrific story. It sounds like you got a connection to uh, fame. <laughs> well, I here. do have
5: another story, although it may. I, it, it, my recollection of it is a little bit fuzzy. Is it so below,
0: I mean, above, fast. or below janitor from Twenty One Jump Street? This is, this is
5: better than all the other stories I've told okay. with regards to Palisades or Gelson's. Okay. This is better than Sal Janko. It's <laughs> better than Sal Janko. So um, I can't remember his I first name off the top of my head, but. As I recall... Oh, not a good start. I, yeah, but here's the thing. It's Robert Goulet's son. Oh, I'm all in. All right. Uh, I don't remember him going to Palisades. This is the part where it's confusing because I, well, I want to say it was, like maybe as I was transitioning to go to UCLA. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, I I wasn't going to go to, and I didn't go to um, to my prom, right? No interest, no no girlfriend, uh, did, was spent all the money for what reason? I was talking with him in Gelson's and he offered to hire a professional lady he offered to pay for me to have a professional lady be my date for, so that i would go to prom and i wasn't i wasn't having any of it
1: why so was that he, you were, important to he him offered him at all. to get you an escort
5: yes i i think that's the term he used i don't think he said prostitute i think he said
0: escort yeah do you have any sense of why he cared enough that you went to prom that he would do that
5: um, I mean, he was a nice fella, and he also, um, I, I feel like, he liked to feel like he was doing stuff for people. Like, that that was how he defined himself.
4: Hmm. But was he being,
5: a pimp? No. <laughs> I mean, you know, in retrospect, <laughs> I can't answer that question, because maybe he was, and I just didn't know. He did have very large glasses, if that was oh, oh, but then there's <laughs> no question. Uh, we, we
1: all know Not that. Not sunglasses,
5: sure. though. Glass. Well, I guess they were a little tinted.
1: Swiftly Lazar and Sally Jesse were the two of the biggest uh, pimps in the world. That's so, right. That makes
2: Christopher sense. Christopher and Michael are his kids, or his sons. The Goulet's? Yeah. It would be Christopher.
1: Christopher Goulet. Yeah. Who you're now calling out publicly as a pimp. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know for sure. Christopher Goulet, high school pimp. Yeah. Uh, well that's great. And
5: so you yeah. did you did not take him up on it though. No, I didn't. It, it made me feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, the whole idea it of it, it was so what? But here's the thing is that I lived in a in a rich neighborhood where we were the we were we were fine. Like my dad I'm sure was making six figures, but everybody else was, you know, millionaires. Mm-hmm. And so so to them like why wouldn't you even go to prom just cuz you have the money? I'm like I you have a Mercedes. I've got no car. What do you, what what are we talking about here?
1: So you but but but, but uh, uh, Pimp Goulet, his he's under the impression that you couldn't get a date. Oh, he he was right about that. Yeah, that was oh, that right. was
5: that was clear.
0: That was already clear at the top of the story. Yeah, when yeah. Elliot no, no, Elliot, I, Elliot made a nice sadness sandwich about the three reasons he actually, didn't want to go to prom: no interest, I, I, didn't have a girlfriend, didn't want to spend the money. Why do it? Right yeah. in the middle, the meat of that sandwich is no girlfriend. <laughs>
5: yeah. No, uh, I didn't have a real girlfriend until college, so. There you go.
1: And by that, you mean the one that you didn't have to blow up? Wait years?
5: a minute. I set myself up for that.
1: Yeah, you did. So, <laughs> and, I, I, and I and
0: I grabbed that low-hanging fruit. More than happy to do it. <laughs> I was just concerned that he was like trying to... like It was the 80s, and in an 80s movie, that would be the setup to a prank, and then you would be made oh. to look the fool that you had to I mean, prostitute. here's the thing.
5: I, I hear what you're saying, but uh, my relationship with him was not... I mean, we hung out from time to time. There was a reason why
1: we were having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that Matt's serious that he was setting you up to be the fool. I believe that well, he's just adding given for, where fun, I lived, fun, for fun for the conversation. Sure, sure. But
5: given where I lived yes. and the people that I hung out with, there were some people who might do something like that.
1: But you don't think the Goulet's were part of that kind of no. prank play? No. Not pimp I'm gonna have not, to... not, not at me. All right, hang on. You guys keep talking. I'm going to have to close this window. There's, uh, somebody decided to uh, build a birdhouse or something. go. <laughs>
0: hang on a build a build a birdhouse to your soul is that <laughs> all right i'm gonna look, look i, up I to would if say if I that remember. um pimp Goulet is a is a great uh, jimmy should hear this but I'll, I'll repeat it for him later pimp Goulet would be a great fantasy baseball name oh yeah uh, like in fact i might me, start playing uh, fantasy baseball just to use that because that's how much i like it let me add it to the list all right thank you Appreciate that story
2: right. seriously sounds like an 80s teen comedy it doesn't it don't don't you see
0: patrick dempsey in the middle of this (laughs) right all right so here's what i can say to you i'm looking now
5: at a picture of christopher goulet and it's definitely the person who i'm thinking of
1: all right what's what's chris up to these days do you think he's still working the streets (laughs) still (laughs) pimping i think he's ahead of the players ball now i
2: just just typed pimp goulet into imdb
5: (laughs) what's it say anything come
2: up no
5: (laughs) well let's write that movie i will say this
2: uh, gonna,
5: I don't know how yeah. I'm going to send this to you just wanna uh, screen but share um, it? there's a picture of Chris with his mom and his brother where'd it go where'd it go oh no oh there it is and uh, and damn if that isn't the glasses that I'm thinking of
0: can you screen share it or is that going to ruin the video uh,
5: I don't want to screen share it but
0: let's do let's do this you're just What's texting going?
1: it I'm just uh, curious cool. while, while he looks that up can you guys hear that banging is that uh... not at all you can't hear hear it okay so i'm not gonna worry about it It uh
0: uh, i will say i just saw robert goulet on an old episode of family feud i went down the the youtube rabbit hole of old family feud celebrity edition episodes and uh Mm -hmm. it's always like that's one where i was like that's borderline i know he's not like a huge star but uh he's more famous than the average person you would see going back to look at those you know he's not uh uh, Cheryl Lee Ralph or something. Right. Uh, there, there's a lot of people who are like, I barely remember this name, let alone well, know you, what they're You
1: are for. much younger than me. I will tell you that Robert
0: Goulet was a huge name. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Uh, He's yeah. He seems too famous to have been doing oh, Family Feud. I,
1: I misunderstood your point, yes. Um, maybe he was friends with Dawson? Is that possible? Was, could he, he have I been think a friend?
0: They, they, they indicated, and I, I had to take them at their word, that there was an actual friendship between them.
1: It would because i'm with you in that i i don't see somebody at Goulet's level you know going yes i'll play your parlor game <laughs> yeah it's crazy <laughs> yeah. it's really crazy um uh, did i ever tell you about the time and this is not a story by the way but that when i was working vegas Goulet was working the flamingo and i tried my damnedest to get to meet uh, Goulet. uh it didn't happen and then i once i asked a uh the greeter at the at the flamingo she had a button on that said, you know Goulet, Goulet tonight, and then in the middle of it was a picture of Robert Goulet, like a you know like a like a campaign sort of pin. Yeah, and I was like, I must have that pin. I must have that Goulet tonight pin. Uh-huh. And not a single flamingo employee would give one to me. Like I couldn't get when I offered to pay for one. I I was like please i must have i am robert Goulet's biggest fan i must have the pin and, and they would uh they would not give me the pin i could not meet robert Goulet. i forget who i was working with. maybe it was judy gold i forget who i was working with but uh and right yeah i think it was judy gold and david feldman i think the three of us were working and uh and, and i'm not kidding around every day i would go over to the flamingo and and ask if i could get backstage to meet uh robert Goulet. it seems no. like such a simple task to find
0: one person willing to part with that button now i'm sure they were told you, this is part of your job keep the button on it's promoting the show but there's got to be one guy in the whole establishment who's just like yeah i'll take 20 bucks for this pin
1: yeah yeah here's but you take it and then walk into the employee break room and grab one from the box of 3000 <laughs> yeah, exactly. like right yeah like how is was this even a a more than one request right. hey can i buy that pin off you no or it's hey can crazy. i buy that you got it yeah. Done.
0: right they should have been selling them in the gift shop honestly
1: Oh shit! I didn't think about that. I never thought I'd go to the gift
0: shop. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't. It didn't occur to
1: you. You know me what?
5: Say, why don't you go to the gift shop, asshole?
1: They said, "Why don't you go to the why don't you go to the Goulet gift shop?" And it never. I never. I never followed up on that. You thought that was there an was euphemism? This, uh, yeah, I just assumed that they were saying something different. Uh, but uh, uh, I like. I always liked Robert Goulet. You know, he was one of those guys that I liked you know that uh i didn't uh, i don't know what i liked about him honestly but i would like see him he'd be one of those guys like steve lawrence and eddie gourmet that they'd pop up on the jerry lewis telethon at 2 a.m chicago time or and i would just be like you know they entertained me they entertained it yeah in me. i i didn't i didn't
0: uh, to this day i still don't 100 percent understand what he what he did i know he's he sang, but he, he was, was a, a singer but he was just a singer didn't he also yeah. act yeah, his his bread and butter was oh, okay he was he's just a singer okay he was a crooner yeah he was uh, yeah you know, I, don't I don't know, know why like, i thought he had been like a singer who acted and then sort of became better known for acting or something
1: i want to say he was also maybe a good storyteller on carson like he was mm-hmm. a rock on tour maybe yeah, yeah. i don't know hmm. i just always remember just being like in my opinion robert goulet like, again growing up where i grew up south suburbs of chicago not a lot of money Robert Goulet was Beverly Hills to me. Like yeah, everything yeah, yeah. about him was Beverly Hills. And it's like, that's, that's famous. That's a, that's a star.
0: Well, turns out you were wrong. He was Palisades all the way.
1: I didn't know that. <laughs> did. And had I known, I would have uh, never asked for that goddamn pin. I'll tell you that. I walk <laughs> it around with the triple P, the Pacific Palisades pin.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know that. I believe our friend Conan O'Brien, by the way, though, lives in the Palisades, if I'm not mistaken.
0: It's this nice yeah. area. It seems like the ultimate rich person place to live because it's like, uh, fancy, great, beautiful, big houses, but then it's also like uh, on a like a cliff over the ocean. Like you're not at yeah. the beach; you're above the beach. It's right, pretty dramatic. Well, not only like that, cool. but there's
5: there's also plenty of little like side streets and stuff where you wouldn't know where somebody was living. And then yeah. there's also the Palisades Highlands, which is like the Palisades of the Palisades, where the oh. really really big houses were.
0: I've never even heard of that. See, that's <laughs> yeah, what I mean. It's like people don't really know about the Palisades. There's like certain things that everybody, everybody knows Bel Air, everybody knows Beverly Hills, but there's like rich pockets in LA that you're like, what? Like like Hancock Park. I think people here know it, but uh, across the country, people aren't aware of like what that is or, or like Toluca Lake. I've been riding my bike around Toluca Lake that place. I mean, the, the Bob Hope house takes up
1: a a city block. There's like a three hole golf course in the backyard. It's insane so well, remember we're going to mark cherry's house and like yes. when we pulled down that street it was like that was a street i didn't know existed right and, and you pull into it and it's like oh these this literally looks like, like like mansions you'd see in a movie and go who lives
0: there like yeah. that banana it's like a, it's like a
1: pocket of
0: bel-air in the valley basically yeah, yeah.
1: uh and to your point about hancock park there's also like where phil rosenthal lives in that behind that gate in that gated community there mm-hmm. where it's like you go inside there that's a whole different world too like mm-hmm. it's like, You know, like literally right, right down Wilshire. There's a Burger King that's falling apart, and then a one minute walk, you're behind gates in the these crazy mansions. that Like to your point, you wouldn't know we're there.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, uh, like, I was just out of boredom after riding around Toluca Lake. I was reading a little bit about the history of Toluca Lake. I don't. I think I mentioned on other episodes of, of Never Not Funny that I'm sort of obsessed with the actual lake of Toluca Lake because uh, there is an actual lake, but you cannot access it. It's not publicly accessible. It's surrounded by private houses and the Riverside Golf Course. No, what's it called? Not Riverside. Um,
1: it's the Golf Club. Yeah. Uh, right? the, uh, lakeside? Lakeside, yeah, that's Lakeside uh, golf Richard club. Kind,
0: I believe. Is yeah, that. yeah. So, like, e- either you belong to that golf club or you own one of these $5 million houses. That's the only way you can touch that lake. And uh, that infuriates me as a human being. (laughs) I feel like, how can there be a fucking lake right here and I'm not allowed to go to it? I can't even see it. And so I just started like reading about it and stuff. And uh, it's it's fascinating. There's on one little dead end street, there's a house that Frank Sinatra lived in in the 40s. And now it's, I don't even know if it's, I don't know what it is now. It's still there. I don't know if you can live in it or if it's just, there's a plaque on it now that's like, It's like the Sinatra house and it's where Nancy Sinatra grew up. And there's this story about how one fourth of July. He just uh, all the residents around the lake were like having a fourth of July party. And he just put a bunch of fireworks on a raft and then like took the raft out to the middle of the lake and lit them off. And apparently, it was just, it, it just exploded into a flame ball. And there was just smoke everywhere. And everyone was like, oh my God, what happened to Frank? And then, like, he just kind of <laughs> waded out from the smoke. And he was like, I am okay. I got it. <laughs> and everyone was like, I'm sure they just cheered. Yay, Frank. But it was like, <laughs> just just crazy stories like that. It, it, that. You would never think that that was happening in that part of Los Angeles because it's not a famous area it's not a, it's not the it's not the beverly hills or bel-air type area of the city it's just this weird little pocket uh where uh p- for a little period of time a bunch of famous people lived
1: uh i, I just like the idea of frank out there in his suit <laughs> <laughs> Going you know he's, a raft. he's got yeah. the fedora on as well we're gonna blow some stuff up honey <laughs> there, we got the m80s we got the uh, the, the cats what are those <laughs> called i don't <laughs> know the uh what, know. what are the, the, the firecracker? Yeah, no, it's not cat. Ah, darn it! They're they're like a little like it's like a little firecracker, but it's got the word cat in it. Like, what's the things that Alfred Molina was lighting off in uh, Boogie Nights? I thought what are the, those. I thought called?
0: those were M80s. Were they M80s? No, M80s. Or maybe like, just regular firecracker. Well, he had the string of just the regular firecrackers.
1: Yeah, but those I think that, that there was a, growing up those had a name. Hmm. Um, at least the place that, that, that people around my house that would buy fireworks would get them like the yeah. something cats because there was a picture of like a one of those like Hello Kid, like a mean looking
2: Hello Kitty you know on the package of them. Okay, Karen, you got uh, anything? Uh, I'm trying to find it.
1: Karen, were you looking some, look something up as well after uh, uh, Andrew on uh, 21 Jump Street? Uh, oh, Joe. Oh, just Sal. Yeah, he, he was lying.
2: on one episode of tomorrow and jump street which i did i tell you guys that yeah sal no, no. Andrew. Andrew. andrew yeah he was also on deep space nine which i did not know andrew was yeah, yeah i'm I did not, not sure know. i knew that either that yeah yeah black cat by the way is a, is a is a firecracker
1: there it is yeah black cat so uh, uh and i Night. believe then uh janet jackson uh of course uh named her whole tour after that that's right she's a firecracker that's right
2: black
0: well,
1: cat she's on the label
0: better watch your step or you're gonna die
1: Janet J- now I learned this today, Matt, listening to that Winds of Change podcast about Burbank. Yeah, that I found interesting. That uh, uh, yeah. you are allowed to uh, you could keep a horse in your backyard if you wanted to. Yeah, and then also that the street to press the button to go across the street are a little higher because you might be sitting on a horse. Yeah, there's a oh. the, one of the one of the streets that I ride my bike on.
0: Uh, it's actually also Riverside. Just if you keep going on Riverside into the Rancho, uh, you'll see that you'll see. Um, you'll see at the corners there's like a human height uh button for the crosswalk and then a horse height one (laughs) and uh i actually wanted to find the perfect i don't know if it exists but i was i wanted to take a picture of because there's also a horse lane uh so there's a bike lane in one in one spot in burbank there's a bike lane and a horse lane and i I feel like that's probably the only place in America where there's both of those things exist next to each other. Right. It just seems so random and weird. Um, but yeah, we, when we were looking at houses, we looked at a house that had a stable in uh, instead of a garage, it basically, it was like, uh, and I was like, could I turn this into a home office? It had cement floor, um, like most stables do. And, uh, I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to do any of the work on this. (laughs) (laughs) Right. If if they had done that for you. Yeah. Yes. If they had been like, oh, and and, yeah, we're actually putting, we're about to put in a wood floor here so that it's not, you know, for animals. Uh, But it was also, it was not a, it was a small house, but yeah, that's, it's funny. I think I always thought it was just that neighborhood where you were allowed to have horses, not the whole city, but maybe it's the whole city. I don't know. But a lot of those houses down there, uh, like where Richter used to live, um, or maybe he still lives there. I don't know, but uh, they all a lot of them have little uh, stables in the back. And uh, another house we looked at had a ring, like a, an actual like riding ring in the backyard. Really? Yeah. And I was like, that's horrible. Like <laughs> that's the
1: last thing I want. What are you trying to you take your BMX bike down there and uh, you know work uh, on your tricks?
0: I thought that, but it's not. It wasn't. It was a regular size yard, so it was a very very small ring. It was not. It would not have been exciting for. I guess it was just for the horses to get exercise. I don't know.
1: Would it be, when you say very small yard, like so... Uh, like the size so,
2: of my yard, or smaller with, even. So like... Did the, it so have the, a... I'm sorry, Jimmy, go ahead. No, no, guarantee. Yeah. I was going to ask if it had a... There's a contraption that they have on horse farms where in the they attack yeah like yeah, for yeah. training
0: they just
1: let them walk in
2: a I, circle
0: I think it did, yeah I think it did have that a lead line or whatever
1: Well if you don't have a horse yeah. why don't you just connect yourself to that and walk around in that circle <laughs> that'll get your uh, your steps in and you're always worried about that That's you know <laughs> I, if I had back then if I had had my Apple
0: Watch and I was this obsessed with uh, getting all my rings I probably would have been like you know what that's a good <laughs> that, that place also had, um, speaking of LA grocery stores, the, the, pav- the pavilions on Alameda was like right behind it. So it, it kind of weirded me out and want to be right next to pavilions like that.
1: You don't like being that close to grocery stores?
0: No, I, I need I need at least a thousand feet from a grocery store, you know, or else I'm just going to be eating all of the pastries that they have inside. That's, so
5: that's not a legal requirement that the court has uh, enforced. No,
0: on. no, the, no. Grocery stores did not take out a restraining order against me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, although you know, after after the, same, after the number of donuts I ate yesterday for Father's Day, maybe they oh. should. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, speaking of Father's Day, we also uh, no, I I, I I apologize, I lost my train of thought. The. Um, uh, We thought this. I thought the same thing meant when we moved when uh, when we share the alley with Cantor's Deli. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh, this is trouble. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have a corned beef sandwich every single day. Oh, no, this is trouble. And then you share an alley with a place for two days, you don't want it. Yeah, not done. Yep, just done. Didn't uh, I've never, I've not eaten there since. I don't think I ate there. Danielle and I moved in there in 2000. I ate there a lot prior to 2000, maybe one time. Since yeah. two, in twenty-two years, twenty-one years, twenty years, what year is this? 2020. Twenty 2020, twenty. Twenty 20 years. Less like Wait, the vision. Math, math couldn't have been easier. <laughs> Hindsight, the vision.
0: uh Yeah, that's true. I don't eat at the either of the two places. the The nearest two places to me are my like least favorite places to eat. <laughs> The kind of also because they they even if I didn't live near them I think I'd be like yeah this isn't that good but
1: um, yeah you know we uh, the the the, we have a subway near us which we certainly take advantage of although we oddly enough we have not really during the the, during the COVID but uh, the other ones a Carl's Jr. and a Taco Bell and uh, we never hit those like very rarely do we go to the Taco Bell
0: very I mean and I mean once a year let me ask you guys a question I was watching a soccer game yesterday and I saw an ad. For a restaurant that I, it's like a fast food place that I've never heard of before, but they were advertising it as if it's like, you know, this place, like as if it's like a regular like McDonald's type place that everyone knows about. And I'd never heard of it. Do you
1: you guys know? I think it's called Farmer Boys. Dude, I have seen that. I've driven. There was one on Vine for a little while. I went in there. It was pretty good. And then I was like, oh, I'll go there again. Like I I was killing time once before. Oh, I'll go get lunch at that place again. And it was gone. And then, like you, I've been seeing and hearing on Sirius XM commercials as if they're on every corner. What's going
0: on? Are they suddenly expanding? Are they taking over the world?
5: Well, I know there's one on like Alameda near downtown that I see when I go to the freeway.
0: Yeah. Um, But
5: I don't know of any like in my neighborhood or...
0: There's certainly not in any in your neighborhood. Well, your neighborhood, Elise neighborhood, looked so. it up and she was like, oh, there's a lot in the suburbs. Just like every other chain. There's like probably 50 in ranch, Rancho Cucamonga. But, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: but then there is one in Hollywood now. Uh, well, on- again, there was one in Hollywood on Vine, but it's gone. Uh, but maybe they mm-hmm. maybe they moved locations. The place on Vine was that one. It's that place. Vine, uh, Santa Monica and Vine, just a little bit south of Santa Monica on Vine, where it's been 4,000 restaurants in the years that I've lived here, and nothing survives. Hmm. So, and Farmer Boys was another one of those that gave it a try. <laughs> There's
2: one in Chatsworth.
1: Well, maybe you and your buddy should take, I know you like to go to Duarte to get a hot dog,
0: maybe you go to Farmer Boy, get yourself <laughs> yeah, a Yeah, go to Farmer sandwich. Boy. Like, what, is, what was it, Jimmy? Was it better than,
1: like, where did it fall on the chart of, like... like I think it's one of those where it fools you into thinking it's better, uh, where uh, you think it is, because it just feels like it's not fast food yeah uh but I, I was it hamburgers is that what it
5: is yeah yeah if uh, to to me my impression i haven't been in there but my impression was it's kind of like a five
1: guys
0: that's yeah okay yeah, yeah that's yeah. what i was wondering is it more like that or is it more like carl's jr gross
1: oh it's more like five, it's more like five guys okay it's more like that where you know again you think it's a step up yeah and and maybe it maybe it's a maybe it's a half step right like it's not uh, actually
0: better but it's sort of has something about it that's tr- making an effort to seem better.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, it doesn't have a drive-thru as so you, you think it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, although maybe they have a drive-thru. Maybe if that one had a drive-thru in Vine, it'd still be open today. Maybe that was the problem. People didn't like parking. I would love to know the secret
0: story of why they're suddenly advertising on national broadcasts, though. That's, it's like, to have never, it's always odd to me when you've never heard of a thing and then suddenly there's ads for it.
2: Yeah, um, yeah they're only in Vegas and here, so that's huh. weird. That is... uh, Uh, Hollywood Boulevard, 5519 Hollywood Boulevard.
0: Yeah, that's the one Elise was talking about.
1: Where
2: is 5519?
0: It's like down by Western.
2: So they moved it that
1: way, huh? (laughs) I don't know if it's the same.
0: (laughs) Do you think they picked up from Santa Monica? I'd like to
1: think those guys still gave it a try. Like, you know what? This location didn't work. Let's move uh, Mm -hmm. uh, somewhere else. else." Yeah. There's also... There's a chicken uh, chain in this town, too, that... uh, that i've that like has one location but they advertise like it's is it uh kentucky fried chicken yeah they're really good <laughs> they've been imported from uh
5: right, let, me, let me guess so, is it is it jolly bee no i don't know jolly bee oh jolly bees uh philippine chain i think and there's one on
4: oh Wilshire?
1: what's that again the one I'm thinking about is on Wilshire, you know, no, but, but East, like, like, in, but like in Koreatown. So I, I do think it's an Asian chicken chain, but I do, I can't
2: pull the name. Hmm. Uh, uh, but I drove there once. Barbecue Chicken L.A.? What is it? Is it Barbecue Chicken L.A.? I don't think it is, no. Dave's Hot Chicken? Uh, no, it's not Dave's. <laughs> Kyochan Chicken? That's it. I'll just say yes to end the list. <laughs> uh, all right, let's take a break. Our
1: guest is here. Kevin Cronin is joining us. Uh, from REO Speedwagon he's got a, a new web series called uh, Songs and Stories from Camp Cronin we'll talk to him about that uh, and we'll do all of that uh, trivia of course at some point uh, Oliver's got a, a hot question and uh, oh I got to cover this very quickly our friend uh, Ted Sullivan also a friend of uh, CC Pleasance uh, their friend uh, uh, Kirk uh, Blocker passed away unexpectedly uh, and they have a GoFundMe uh, set up for him uh, to help the family. And I, 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 by all accounts, from CeCe and Ted, this is one of the nicest human beings in the world. Uh, and uh, so his family is uh, struggling, of course, because it was a shock. So uh, just a search, if you would go to a GoFundMe, Kirk C. Blocker is the, uh, not Kirk, Keith. I'm so sorry. Keith C. Blocker. Um, uh, so go and check that out uh, uh, on behalf of our friend Ted and CeCe. Uh, they lost a friend of theirs, so... Uh, that person's looking, uh, uh, they've set up a GoFundMe. So, yeah, uh, if
0: he, I, uh, Ted, uh, we emailed. And so I, I looked at his Instagram post about, uh, Keith and it was just a really, really touching post. If you want to just go to Ted's, uh, look for Ted on Instagram and find his post about, uh, his best friend. It's really touching them. Yeah, to, they went to I school together. Agree with you, Matt. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was really, it was nice to read. And, uh, so do that. And uh, and then from there, you can find the GoFundMe, I'm sure.
1: Uh, you're right. Uh, I'm sure CC's got something as well on social media about it. Uh, all right. Kevin Corona coming up right after the break. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, episode 2617 right after this. watch some yo (laughs) gabba gabba enjoy your factor yeah right get in there get the wiggles out that's somebody else right (laughs) no no that's them get your sillies out get your sillies out wiggles are another kid's thing yeah and those guys i got no i got no truck with those guys good uh they've got over 35 different meals more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week various different you know look if you want chicken they got chicken you want a beef thing they got beef thing you want to bump up to a to a gourmet meal they got Mm. filet mignon Mm. they've got uh, they they had lobster the other day. Oh my God. Yeah, they got all this all I sorts of things over that. there. They got delicious things over there. Head to factormeals.com meals.com slash part 050. Use code Pardo50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That is code Pardo50 at factormeals.com slash Pardo50 to get fifty percent off your first box plus twenty percent off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor good food fast Hey, everybody, welcome back to the program, episode 2617 of Never Not Funny. Uh, We are joined, a gentleman who's taken time away from, he's got a brand new web series called uh, Songs and Stories from Camp Cronin, uh, which I find to be amazingly charming and fun. Uh, As I've said a million times uh, when this COVID thing hit us, this pandemic, and celebrities felt the need to start creating content, uh, we don't need to do that. There's plenty of content out there. But here comes Kevin Cronin who uh, came up with an idea to do songs and stories from his house. And I don't know if it's his inability to work the technology or (laughs) what it is, but I find these things to be so charmingly entertaining. And uh, so he's taking time away from that. Please welcome. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Kevin Cronin, everybody.
3: Nice to meet you, Jimmy. Thank you. You know, um, I'd like to uh, take credit for having come up with this uh, creative idea. But the truth is that this uh, room that I'm in is actually a kind of a, separate uh, structure and like out in the back of the backyard. And my sons have a rock band. So they kind of co-opted this as their rehearsal studio clubhouse. It was just, there was musical equipment from wall to wall. And when the, when the pandemic hit my wife and I'm home, my wife said, you got to clean up. We call it the pool house. You got to clean up the pool house. It's a mess out there. I'm like, really? So, you know, My boys and I, my twin boys, we came out, we cleaned the place up. I looked around and went, Whoa, this is cool. So I got a little table here. I'm working on my book. I set up my little thing here for the Camp Cronin stories and, uh, you know, trying to make the best of this uh, craziness.
1: Well, I, again, I think you're doing... I, I, love the, I, like, I love the program. I think you're doing a great job. I am a little upset that uh, you're sitting in what I would call a mansion and you call it your pool house. <laughs> uh, that is the nicest
3: effing looking pool house in the world. What are you talking about your pool house? You... All right. Well, no. All right. My wife, my wife actually... Th- th- this was a compromise. My wife has always wanted to have a beach house. And my thing is, one house is plenty it's like there's enough headaches involved with one house do i need double the headaches and right. another house i'm like if you want to go down to the beach there's a, some nice hotels there and you can spend a couple of days pay the the bill and <laughs> you know the plumbing if the plumbing goes out you just call room service you know what I mean? Right. We're, we're, so so instead she kind of built herself a she shack is like all right is that what they call it a she shack and believe uh, so yeah but the boys just took over and took it over. never yeah <laughs> so this is our territory we're holding on to it and if need be there is a murphy bed over there and you know uh, at any moment, I could end up be uh, being banned out here uh,
1: permanently. So uh, now, Kevin, is that named after former R.E. Speedwagon lead singer Mike Murphy? That Murphy bed? <laughs> the Murphy yes. The Mike Murphy m- Memorial
3: bed is the full
1: name. <laughs> but we just, you know, fair, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, I just mentioned I did. I, I failed to mention that earlier. If you don't know, Kevin, and Kevin of course is the lead singer uh, of Aerosmith, Speedwagon wagon, uh, uh, songwriter, singer, songwriter. has been with the band. I want to say since nineteen uh, the sixties at some point, late sixties, uh, maybe seventy two. Would you? Seventy two. Uh, 72 72 good um man. and now kevin i'm going to get this out of the way before we go any further first of all let me just say hello to everybody hello to uh, the, the pop culture we desk hello to garen cockrell hi garen hello uh hey, Garin. Course, back to the video village Pleasure Elliot hoogberg hello Elliot. hello, hello. And of course holding on the fort at, H- at hq in sherman oaks california at our studio that's matt Now, hello matt hello uh, all right kevin crone is coming to us i imagine southern california at some place uh in california
3: yeah we're a little uh, we're up the 101, about uh, 45 minutes from where? Are, are you guys right at the, in those studios right at Ventura Boulevard and, uh, and uh, Sepulveda? We are farther east of that, uh, Fulton and Moore Park. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, so I'm about 45 minutes uh, up the freeway from you. Where are you at West Lake? You in Agora? Where are yeah. you in that area? Westlake Village, yep.
1: Yeah, of course. Right there. Who else you know doesn't Rick Springfield live right down the street from you? Is he right there? Rick Springfield lives
3: uh, he, he lives up the up even farther. He's up in uh about twenty or thirty minutes up the freeway from me. So he's like he's lost. He's you know, <laughs> we don't we don't see much of Rick. You he's, don't see uh, a of him.
1: <laughs> well he's, he's still looking for jesse's girl it should have been his if your race he can't get her uh so, kevin what i was going to say is i want to get this out of the way there's i All tell right. a story uh, very uh I tell a story that i've been telling for uh since 1999 uh where i came to see our ESB wagon at the thousand oaks civic center and okay. um i was uh, backstage and here's the here's the thing. I woke up that morning. This is I want to say it was October 1st or maybe October 3rd very early in October of 99. And I woke up with Bell's palsy. So if you're not aware of what that is, half your face, you lose your muscles. Stop working on half your face. And I woke up with it that day and I was like, what the shit is going on with my face? This is bizarre. So I basically was talking like this. I would talk like this and so I, we a lot went of our st- fans do but you know so, yeah. so we do the show I, I don't do the show you did the show we were there right. uh and we're backstage and i've got my tuna uh, tuna fish album to get autographed and and say hello and you and i have something in common which i find fascinating is that we both grew up in a town called hometown illinois we no both kidding we're born there i did not
3: know that okay so here's
1: what's interesting about you responding like that (laughs) you didn't respond like that then okay this is what what, was there a look of fear on my face i mean there was a there was a look of disgust and and (laughs) it was like like i literally just brought up the worst information in the world (laughs) and again i think it's because first of all i'm backstage at a show you just got done performing i know the mindset of what that's like after i do a show so i so excuse number one excuse number two is Here's a guy with a Phantom of the Opera face, right? I was gonna uh, say in.
3: Phantom of the Opera shows up, and, yeah, right?
1: Okay, and going, hey, we both grew up with you in hometown, <laughs> and you and your wonderful
3: Kevin Cronenway went, is that right? And walked away. <laughs> that was oh man. <laughs> well, you know, thanks for having me on. Good to see you. <laughs> in, spite
4: of,
3: in spite of that, well, here's the thing. See, that was 1999, so I just moved out here, and. Uh, so we decided to just kind of have a little uh i don't know welcome to the neighborhood gig you know so so there was a lot of uh people who live on my block that were there who i didn't really know because we just moved in. you know i um i i try to to uh be um as friendly as possible backstage Um sorry if i you know <laughs>
1: it was again i I take full responsibility that half of my face frightened Uh, if you look at me from this side you think i'm having a great time you think i'm furious on this side
3: i'm pretty Um, sure i normally i normally come at it from that direction Come from the left generally I, I generally do. I, 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 yeah, I end up in the left of most things that happen
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, but what I find fascinating, Kevin is that y- you know obviously you are a legendary rock star. I've, I've, I've got a decent name in comedy. Uh, but hometown, for those that don't know, is basically a one mile by one mile little town between Oaklawn, Illinois and Chicago, Illinois. and nobody is from there. So <laughs> when I said to you, hey, we're both from hometown, I thought, I guess I expected streamers to fall from the ceiling or something, because what are the odds of that?
3: <laughs> yeah, hometown, you're right. Hometown is a unique. There's no actual town. It's just like a bunch of two story, uh, you know, wood siding. Maybe what was it, like eight, eight families per, per structure? Or well, four actually, those were, per those were the
1: apartments. Uh, right? uh, uh, you, you've actually got it backwards. They were duplexes. Duplexes. Uh, They were side by side and they were, each house was 900 square feet. Right. It was not,
3: not spacious. Right. um, Yeah. And now, you know, I may be a little bit older than you, but when I lived there, there was a thing called a party line on your phone. And it was not like the party lines of today. I'm sure there's a whole different, you know, it's not that kind of a party. The party line was that your phone was connected to everybody else's phone in the building. So there's eight other families or four other families all in the same building. And if you picked up the phone and one of the other apartments was having a conversation, you were there. It was like a Zoom, it was was, was like Zoom, but we were way (laughs) before our time at home. And, but you also couldn't make a call. So you'd have to just like wait and like, you know, kind of pick your spot, (sighs) you know, and yeah. Uh, Hong Kong was. Uh, it was a. Yeah, it's a unique little. Uh, I, I can't believe you're, that you're uh, that you're from there. That's it's it's gr- fantastic. It's, gr-
1: it's, uh, it's
3: still I, there too, by the way. It's it, it, still there.
1: I, I went back for a class reunion. I guess it's 10 years ago now I went back, and it's it's amazing how it's exactly the same. There's, uh, it, it still feels like like it's this small town, even though Chicago is literally a guardrail away, but it feels like Chicago is, we're going to go into the city. Like, it, right. it had that vibe to it. <laughs> um, it but it still has everything you're looking for. If you're looking for racism and closed, uh, closed-mindedness, uh, Home <laughs> right. is your spot.
3: It's, <laughs> yes, absolutely. That That is the one thing that's consistent uh, in the hometown Oakland area. I think, since I was a kid. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, proud and horrified. No, I'm horrified by that. It's, I mean, that's one of the reasons that the minute I graduated from high school, I went to Brother Rice High School, all boys, mm-hmm. Catholic, you know, uh, prison slash high school. The, the minute I graduated, I must say, I, I ski-daddled. I went up to the near north side where the, all the cool uh, coffee houses and, and folk clubs, you know, the Earl of Old Town, the quiet night. I used to play all those places. And, uh, yeah, I, I got out of Dodge pretty quick, but you know,
1: yeah. Um, I, I agree with that. I couldn't, uh, you know, I, I still have friends from that area and so on and so forth. We, we ended up moving down South to Oak, uh, Oak forest and, Oak forest, yes. but still I'm with you in that I could not wait to, you know, uh, I ended up moving to Los Angeles and, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, uh, uh, it's amazing to look at Facebook and see some thoughts that people that I was very close with at one time uh, have that are different than it sounds like we would all have.
3: Interesting, yeah. I mean, that, w- one of my memories of growing up in the Oaklawn uh, hometown area is that I started taking guitar lessons when I was about 11 years old. and uh, I would and, and the Beatles hadn't uh, played on Ed Sullivan yet, right? So I was playing guitar, didn't really know why I was kind of too young for the Elvis thing. But I would walk every Saturday I would walk to my guitar lesson with my guitar case in hand and pretty much every week a carload of what we used to call greasers would pull up and like I'm 12 and these guys are like 17 they would get out of their car and just because I had a guitar case in my hand they would think we're gonna kick this kid's ass (laughs) it was and I would literally see the car take off running like <laughs> through hedges over throw my guitar over the fence climb over these guys are hot on my trail and uh but then a y- year later the beatles come on the ed sullivan show and suddenly right the girls who used to be impressed by guys that were tough and had their hair slicked back and black leather jackets suddenly the beatles came out and and virtually stole every girlfriend in America you know and I just happened to be the only kid in the neighborhood that knew how to play guitar so I go from you know dark numero uno <laughs> to like the coolest kid in the neighborhood overnight and literally within a few days those same guys who used to chase me to the wood over the fence trying to kick my ass now they were like begging to get in a band with me because right? I just you know because the girls were suddenly you know
1: that's where they were.
3: That's where they were. Did you uh, to that point, Kevin? Before in
1: high school, going to Brother Rice, which again, all of it, it, being from hometown, you either went to Oak, uh, Oak Lawn or Brother Rice or Saint Lawrence. Um, right. So I had a bunch of friends who went to. So when you were going there, uh, were you in bands in high school, uh, knocking around, doing the
3: proms and doing parties that sort of thing? I was. I was in a band in high school. Uh, we were. Well, we started out being called Us. U.S., which I thought was a really, this is before you too. it was like us. I thought that was such a great name. It's us. Mm-hmm. You guys and us. But, uh, but the band uh, nixed it. So I, I'm, my band was called Fuchsia, And we did one uh, memorable show at Brother Rice. They used to have battles of bands mm-hmm. where there'd be a number of bands, at least two, sometimes more. And You get a little ticket stub when you when you show up for the dance. And then there's a ballot box at the end and you put your ticket stub in the ballot box of whichever band you uh, wanted to to vote for. So we had heard about this group that was kind of from uh, a little east of us. They were a couple of years older than us, and they had a pretty solid reputation. They were called the TW4. And we heard that they had a keyboard player who could really play and had a great voice, a guy by the name of Dennis DeYoung. And uh, so the TW4 comes into Brother Rice High School. Now, this is my story and I'm sticking to it. Uh, we, it's my high school. We play our set, you know, we're okay. The TW4 come on, they're a little older than us, they're better than us, okay? I'll, 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 I'll give you that, but it's my high school. We lose the battle of bands. But I, but I get word that, see, the TW4 were not only better than us musically, they were also smarter than us. They brought their hot girlfriends in. And my theory is that they not only stuffed their bras, they <laughs> stuffed the ballot box to right? this day. <laughs> okay. You're pissed not at Too Young to this day. Not that I hold a 48-year grudge or anything. But. Sounds like you
1: might. <laughs> um That's, uh, you know, here's a, uh, uh, to your point about band names, I was in a band in high school uh, that ended up being called Rainbow Bridge. Um, okay. But uh, before that. I like that, Rainbow uh, Bridge. That our was guitars cool. was a big Hendrix guy, so we were named after a Hendrix album. Nice, nice. We, um, uh, but for the first couple rehearsals, uh, we went by the Jimmy Pardo project. Um, Ah, until I showed up at the third rehearsal and they all had a meeting behind my back going, yeah, why are we named after you? Why, why are you the, we're a band. Why are we, we, nobody's on board with this. It was like, yeah, I was waiting on it until you guys figured that out.
3: No, that means you had the van you had I, the van You had and the PA system. And I and did the, the have PA the PA code, system. Right? That
1: much I had. I'll agree with that. There
3: you go. How did I know that?
1: Um, <laughs> I'll tell you why, because I had little to no talent, uh, but I was the guy that had the drive to make the phone calls for the gigs and that sort of thing. Yeah. We actually, Kevin, in, uh, in our second set of the night that we play, we would do Riding the Storm Out. That was one of the uh, songs nice. that we would do
3: so uh, uh, you know i i'm very i'm honored thank you jimmy <laughs> I, we appreciate that that's cool that's
1: my pleasure there's uh, no
3: better compliment than another artist playing one of your songs so i you know i appreciate that uh
1: you're welcome i of course uh have no singing ability like you do so i would uh, while the band was as i always said on the show the band the, these guys were amazingly talented and they uh, the, uh, and i had the pa that's why I nice. went in the band. <laughs> nice. So, nice. Hey,
3: whatever it takes. Whatever right? it takes.
1: <laughs> I loved it. You know what? A, a, a quick side story, but based on yours is we were also in a battle of the bands at a place called Roller Wheels, which was a roller rink on Cicero, about 147th and Cicero, I think, maybe 135th. Okay. And we were like, it was like the third round of the battle of the bands. We made it that far. And my dad, who had never seen my band, was coming to support. And by the time he got there, to your point, the ballot box for us was jammed with, with the tickets and the other band had like none. And I said to my dad, I go, Hey, did you, did you vote for us? And he goes,
3: I haven't heard you play yet. Like, ah, <laughs> ah, <laughs> what are you <laughs> See, now that's good parenting. I think that's right. good because, you know, you don't just give your kid a trophy because they showed up, you know, right? you wanna I like that. See, Jimmy, yeah. that made you the man you are today.
1: It, it well, it certainly made me mad at my dad for a couple of years. Well, so I can tell you that. <laughs> speaking of holding grudges, um, <laughs> hey, speaking of it, now you mentioned your kids are are in a band. Do they do they play out locally, Kevin? Do they have recorded music that we could uh, look
3: into? You know what? They are twenty years old. They're twins, and uh, they were like star basketball players, which which I would have. I would kill to be able to shoot a basketball the way these these guys, they got their mother's, pardon me, their mother's athletic ability, thankfully, not mine. But uh, my daughter, who's a couple of years older, was a choir girl. And so when the boys got to high school, Holly was uh, a junior and she needed some boys to join the choir. So she figured if she got a couple of jocks into the choir, then some other boys would follow. And you know, she has Mm -hmm. a lot of pull on, on, on Josh and Shane. They both joined the choir. They're both now in choir and basketball. Basketball, you go for three hours every day and Saturdays, 11 months out of the year, three hours a day, you're sweating your nuts off, you're just, you're exhausted, you're burnt out. Choir, you go for an hour, three times a week. All of a sudden Shane got a solo And he went, I, you could see the the wheels turning in his head. Wait, I'm the girls I'm getting more attention from girls doing this than for all that work I'm doing to play basketball. It was like, so from then on, they decided they, you know, I did everything I could to dissuade them. And right. uh, (laughs) But, uh, but they're great. I mean, my, you know, my son Shane has got an amazing voice. Uh, my son Josh plays bass has a great harmony voice and, uh, they are each a strong force in and of themselves. When they put, when they come together, they're, they're, uh, they're fraternal twins. So they don't look anything alike, but their skill set, their personalities, twins have a way of just kind of, they just, like I say, they're both forces on their own, but when together, it's like this monstrous force that they have for good. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So they're, uh, they're working on new songs. They've written some great stuff. They've opened a few REO shows over they the have. years. Uh, they're called Sir Please. Uh, they put a demo of theirs up on uh, Spotify. And so if you want to hear their demo from about two years ago, uh, you can check that out. But uh, they got some new music that they're working on, and uh, they got to stay in school. That was the deal. And uh, so they're both in school. And uh, so I told them when they graduate, they come with REO and open the entire tour. So really a little, a little carrot there
4: for <laughs> the boys Good for too. you guys.
3: And yeah. am, am I misremembering? Am I conflating something?
1: Is, is there also a video on YouTube of your, your son playing bass with REO as well? That he sitting in on a song or two at, at some show? Or am I misremembering something?
3: No, no, close. My, my daughter, Holly, who, uh, who works at uh, works for CAA right now, or the big talent agency here in LA, she's working remotely at from, from the house, but she's, such a talented kid. I mean, she was a theater kid, choir kid, like I say. And uh, so th- there is video of her coming out uh, down at the Caboo Festival in uh, San Diego and singing a duet with me uh, on stage. And we've done it a few times. We did it, uh, I can't think of where we did it. We did it in New York at Jones Beach. We've done it three or four times. And uh, so, yeah, Holly's got a great singing voice and uh, she's just very special girl. We we do a thing called Holly Picks yeah. every Saturday, and it's my daughter's show. Uh, I'm her guest every week, which is kind of cool, and uh, and she uh, gets to pick whatever we whatever she wants to do. That's what we do. Holly Picks so.
1: And that's and that, part of the, that's, uh, the Camp Cronin uh, th- web series. And once a week, she takes it over, correct?
3: She takes it over. At, but for her thing, we go live. So that's Saturday, sometimes at noon, you, either at 10 o'clock if we wake up on time. But sometimes we do it at noon. And uh, two weeks ago, we actually spaced out and forgot about the whole thing. <laughs> both of you is, forgot? We both forgot. It, that's, you know, I know. There's a lot going on you know we were, we were <laughs> there's nothing we, going on there's no, literally we were, nothing going on no 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 you don't understand there were there thousand oaks has become a hotbed for um for uh for uh pro- peaceful protest and uh w- w- there was a march that we did down thousand oaks boulevard uh social distanced with right. everyone masked but uh this this great confluence of mostly young people—I will say—I I was definitely in the upper demographic, but I was like, "So what? You know, I'm here. I, you know, I'm with my kids." And it reminded me of when, you know, in the late '60s, early '70s, when, when I was, you know, on, you know, on campus protesting the Vietnam War, uh, et cetera. And you know, there are just certain times in history where. It's up to the young people and like-thinking uh, grownups to uh, let their voice be heard. So uh, I think that was so that there was sense. good cause. That was good cause.
1: Well, then I apologize for lashing out at you, saying there was nothing. <laughs> uh, my wife and son and I actually went to we went to a peaceful one near our house as well. Here, uh, nice social distance, masked the whole shot, and uh, it is just uh, to your point. It, 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 our voices need to be heard if others are not
3: going to be heard yeah Uh, i mean i you know i just i just saw what happened in in uh, minneapolis and i was just like i could i literally could not believe it i mean similar things have happened so i mean ridiculous amounts of time over the years and and each more heinous than the one before it but i think what happened in minneapolis was just I mean th- there's th- there's no argument in favor of what that cop did I'm sorry you know right. I, and I'm, and I know I, I'm not the kind of person that thinks all police are evil I think I mean there are the the majority of, of police officers I would hope are in it for the right reasons but there are some you know I looked at that thing and I thought to myself that's one of the guys who would have jumped out of the car and chased me through the neighborhood mm. to try to kick my ass just because <laughs> I played the guitar, right. playing the guitar that I was being profiled. You know what I mean? that, that That's the beginning of it. And obviously uh, you know what the African American community goes through and has been going through for years, not even a, not even close, but it's the same mentality. I, I think on the, on the aggressors, uh, side right. they just here's someone different here's someone who i feel like i'm superior to so i'm gonna have my way with them it's just anyway you
1: know so it's, yeah uh, it's sickening it really is yeah and uh, yeah and to your point Kevin, when you say you're protesting on the campus back then i know that Ario started in champagne uh did you go to u of i i don't know or were you how did you end up i apologize for this clunky segue. Uh, but the way that you brought it up,
3: uh, I, I guess that's the question. Did you go to U of I? Actually, I went to school up at Loyola University oh, in, uh, on the north side in Rogers Park. Yeah, and, and uh, I, I I got into Ario Speedwagon by accident. Um, most most of the uh, success I've had in life has been accidental, so uh, I got that going for me. But um, <laughs> uh, so I. Met Gary Richrat, the uh the the original guitar player and reason that Ariel Speedwagon is on the map. I mean, it was his he, uh rest his soul. He he passed yeah. away almost four years ago. Um, but man in his prime, this dude, I mean, I, I call him uh Jim Morrison with a Les Paul. I mean, mm-hmm. this guy had had it going on, you know. And we were managed by um Uh, Irving Azoff who of course has gone on to uh, rule the world right and uh, but he's a downstate Illinois boy but when I joined the band uh, students had taken to the streets in Champaign the college deferments had been rescinded and we put this next song that I'm going to play for you right now on our second album and uh, it's called Golden Country yeah How's it sound, okay? Is it coming through?
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Golden country, your face is so red. With all of your money, your poor can be fair. You start around, and you start with disaster. Never really caring, just what comes after. Your backside dying, but your back is still turned. And your freaks are crying, but your back is still turned. You better stop your hiding or your country will burn. Times come to you, my friend. To all of this ugliness, we must put an end. Before we leave, we must make a stand. We must, we must make a stand. Oh, goes on it, from there.
1: It does. Uh, I will say this, Kevin. I, I, honest to God, I have, I, I, I don't know if the camera could pick it up. I have tears in my eyes. I'm going to tell you why. That first of all, that song is so effing meaningful. Uh, what we what you went through back then, what we're going through today. Um, and I honestly, in my dream of dreams, I went, well, if you, if I could talk him into doing Golden Country, it'll be a success. <laughs> So the fact hey, that you picked it up and just did it, I'm I, honest to God. It's a hometown thing. It's it a must hometown be. thing, baby. You know See, what I'm saying? We could have had that back in 99 had you not dismissed me. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the same
3: wavelength. It's right. a hometown uh you know, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but uh, it,
1: yeah. uh and that's a I, and uh, to your point from about Gary, I think the the, the the guitar solo on live, you get what you play for on that song. Uh Gary's guitar Insane. solo is in my top five guitar solos of all time. It is so phenomenal.
3: Um, and that wah wah, the wah wah work uh, on that intro, wah wah. Yeah. Oh Jesus! Wah. Wah. I mean, uh, a lot of the guys use a wah wah pedal. Gary was—he uh, was a master at that. At that, he was so expressive with it, and yeah, that's that solo. For and as a matter of fact, for years after Gary left the group. Um, we didn't play that song. And I just felt like it was there's just certain Ario Speedwagon songs that that we can play, you know, And 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 they're you know, and the fans love it and it's it's awesome. But there's certain songs that are just had Gary's uh footprint mm-hmm. was so large in the song that I felt like we couldn't do it. And uh and you you were talking about Tommy Shaw earlier. We we did it. we've done a number of tours with Sticks. They are our rock and roll uh, best buds, and we were in our third or fourth tour. we. we, we it, this is going back to the to 2000. So mm-hmm. it's been five tours in 20 years. Which that's a, that's a lot, you know. You you know that the energy is good between two bands when they return and tour together again. Right. And uh, someone, I don't know if it was, was someone in the band. So one of the guys said, "You know, there's that song you guys played." with the Wawa, it was from the R-E-O-T-W-O record. Why don't you ever play that? And I'm like, you know, so they go, no, man, you got to play that song. So I brought it in and our guitar player, Dave Amato, who's been with us now for over 30 30 years. I mean, those were some big shoes to fill when when Dave took over for Gary. And, you know, you had to fill those shoes, be, uh, you know, be mindful of the amazing music that Gary made and and contributed to REO over the years, but then you also got to take it somewhere and make it your own. And Dave, um, man, that's what we talked about when Dave first joined the band and uh, he really, uh, we connected on that level because, you know, he, there's certain solos, you know, the solo on can't fight this feeling, keep on loving it. You better play those. Those are, you know, People know those; they can hum right. those solos. But back on the road again, freaking take off, man! Just you know, make that yours. And so, Dave did a great job. But yeah, that uh, yeah, Gary's guitar in that song was. And now, when when we play the song, I've been I've been kind of playing it acoustically lately, just to because sometimes the the message of the song, because of the, the 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 power of the R.E.O. rhythm section and the whole thing, you know. That's a lot, you know, so yeah. to really get the message across, sometimes it's kind of cool to just sing a song with the acoustic, you
1: know? Yeah, I, I agree. And again, I appreciate you playing it. It is uh, it is literally my favorite REO Speedwagon song and has been, and uh, to, to be able to hear it uh, <laughs> acoustically from you today was wonderful. Um, so, Kevin, you mentioned Gary leaving, but let's let's go back to you. You joined REO, you're on an album, you then leave REO, and you're gone for three, and then you come back. How does, how does that work? Like, how do you decide, Hey, I don't get along with these guys. And then three albums later go, you know what? Maybe I do get along with it. Like how do walk me through that a little bit. If you're, if you're comfortable doing so.
3: Yeah. You know, um, I spent, you know, I, I'm going to plug my upcoming book here. I can't help it because what that question is, you know, there's a couple of big questions in the history of REO Speedway. It's like, how does that happen? How does that work? And uh, it's, I was, okay, geez, how do I, how do I put this in a, in a nutshell? All right. I'll, I'll make it simple. I was, there was a, the band requested that I leave. Oh, all right. Well, that's a different story than the internet gives <laughs> yeah. us then. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was semi-mutual, you know, Um, you know, when I, when Gary and I first met I, I just had an acoustic guitar, and you know, I played him a couple of songs on acoustic. I played him a song called Music Man, which yeah. uh, I, I'll give you a little. Sure. Let me give you a little Music Man? Yeah, give a little taste. Because um, Gary came up to my apartment, and I played um, an obscure Elton John cut called Holiday Inn on acoustic guitar for Gary. And um, then he said, you got anything? Have you written anything? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm working on this one. So... <laughs> Recently, I've been thinking about what I am and well, where my priorities lie. Getting it together on some future plans, deciding what I need to get by. Well, I try to work in and schooling, but they're just not my brand. Baby, can't you see I always be a music man? Well, my mom was such worries about me for days Even though she really likes the way the boy pays My daddy tells her I'm just going through a phase But that's just what he always says Well, I hear what they're saying But I take it with a grain of sand Oh, yeah Baby, can't you see, i always been a music man. Oh, yeah. Baby, can't you see, i always been a music man. That's what I am. Baby, can't you see, i always been a music man. Yeah.
1: I never know what to do me. at the end of that. Do we <laughs> clap? Do we I say thank you? I don't. Uh, it's wonderful.
3: Yeah. Uh, I, you, you know, ha- having played um, back in the day as a solo acoustic uh, act in, uh, in the Chicago area, I, I had the um, I've been away from REO for a while. I tr- did. A, you know, I hadn't. There's a, it's a long story. What? But finally, I decided I need to start working. I need to start being a working musician again so i took a gig at a restaurant called the rusty scupper in chicago and uh so i was on this little stage in the same room where people were having some drinks having some appetizers and uh the first set i played there i played some of my tunes some covers first set i played there about the third or fourth song in went something like this yeah. I once had a girl, or should I say, she once had me. Flanagan, (laughs) thirty of four. Flanagan, thirty of (laughs) four. Yeah. So that was basically my life. So I'm not, you know, you, I've had tumultuous applause after uh, performances. I've also had none. So I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, either uh, way's fine.
1: As a stand-up, I've done many a show to three people, and uh, just grateful to get through it. So, uh, stand-up
3: comedy. It. I'm sorry, there's no there's no harder gig on the planet. You got no guitar, you got no band behind you. Right. I don't know how you. I mean, but but, but I do know this. As a front man, I get to kind of talk to the audience, you know, and every once in a while. I say once in a yeah once in a great while I actually say something that gets a laugh. And it it's not, you know, I'm I'm no comedian but you know sometimes you just say something funny. Yeah. And once you get a laugh, it's the greatest, right? It's it's all yes, getting a laugh because a laugh is involuntary. You you know applauding there, there there's no uh you know there there can be just you know what what do they call that uh Pat, padlov's uh padlov's dog
1: sort of thing
3: well that- no it's it's like it's like they don't want to not applaud so they choose to applaud you know courtesy mm-hmm. applause yeah mm-hmm. there's no such thing as courtesy laughter you either laugh or you don't yeah and it's and it's the guy whose job it is to make you laugh oh my god it's uh no i've never
1: done heroin but it's like heroin i would assume <laughs> in that yeah. you are and you get the one and then you you're chasing it again and you keep chasing it oh, and eventually Jimmy. Uh, oh yeah, yeah.
4: That,
3: that's, that is a story of my life. And, and, and I, will, I will admit to you right now that I have a, I don't know what you would call it. I, a hobby is not the right term. It's more like uh, an obsession, but, it's, but an obsession uh, kind of implies that I'm, that I'm constantly, but if I ever have an opportunity to get a laugh from an actual comedian, that is right there. Yes. I mean, getting a laugh is okay. Let's say getting a laugh is, you know, okay, cocaine, you know, not, not the <laughs> best Coke you've ever done, but it's okay. Getting a laugh from a comedian. There's your heroin right there. That's I it? mean, I'm sorry. So, so I, uh, I, and I must say, uh, and I, I tell the stories in my book of the laughs that I have gotten from comedians because I have a, mental list of them all because <laughs> you, you remember each time it happened yes no, so obviously there weren't that all that many but <laughs> you know it's like yeah so uh well, so we'll pick it up here and you
1: can yeah i'll laugh at some
3: point I just promise. laugh at something even <laughs> if you don't yeah thank you yeah
1: okay. I'll, I'll give it then to I can, you i promise then you then i
3: can add you to the list and and you know so it's in it's in your best interest as well because of course it, i uh, want to make that book <laughs> you want to make me? the book yes but still
1: still in the works so good uh, i still got a chance i want to, and hear me out kevin maybe i'm overstepping i'm looking for a full chapter i'd like to be involved. In. <laughs>
3: hey you know what I mean it all depends uh you know the more laughs I get uh (laughs) all
1: right so you're kicked out of the band we have to assume because you were some sort of an a-hole right we got to assume that's why you're kicked out
3: you know what okay yes I I, I, I would admit (laughs) that but I would say that there was this and this was my problem is that so I you know I I, I'm a folk singer you know I'm you know and now I'm in suddenly I'm I'm the lead singer in REO Speedwagon he's Frickin' guys played loud. And I'm like, so I'm trying to sing, you know, and above this roar of this, you know, of Rich rest. he had more speaker cabinets on stage. He had speaker cabinets that he wasn't even using. They were just Uh there in case. And so I start losing my voice. But I don't want the band to know this because then they'll probably kick me out. I've only been with them for a little over a year, right? So I go to the Carl Clinic in Champaign I, I get my voice scoped and the guy goes, you've got a node on your left vocal mm-hmm. cord. You need to not talk for three weeks, not sing for six weeks. Oh, Here's Jesus. a little chalkboard you can carry around. And I'm like, I'm like, I am so screwed. So I didn't tell the band. Basically, this is, this is how smart I am. Ugh. I'm like, okay, I'll just not talk to anybody and i'll only sing in the studio when i actually have to not at rehearsals or sound checks but i'm not going to tell the band why mm-hmm. so yes <laughs> was was i an a-hole it, it, it's it's all eh, your perspective it doesn't it's sound like
1: you were but they but they saw it as that
3: that and, and could, could you blame them i mean i was like you know so yeah so it uh it, it uh, finally came down and uh well also we were the, the producer of the third ARIO Speedwagon album, the Ride in the Stormout album, uh, uh, the singer of which I named My Bed After. Right. Um, <laughs> it, it, the, the producer was Bill Halverson. Bill Halverson had produced the, the two amazing Crosby, Stills, and Nash albums, and I am the biggest Crosby, Stills, and Nash fan you will ever meet, and more specifically, Stephen Stills. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel the guy's underrated underappreciated he's got his voice his guitar playing his songwriting it's just miraculous what this guy does so um i forgot what i was saying
1: um boy oh boy i was uh, I, you went on some path <laughs> about stephen stills you gave I'm his stephen resume stills, I know. You're, you're getting uh, kicked I, out what
3: i was talking about you're getting kicked out, right, Matt? What do you oh, got? Oh, yeah. So get kicked out of the band. So Bill Halverson, thank Halverson, thank you. Whoever that was, thank that was you very Matt. much. That was Matt. <laughs> um, thank you, Matt. So Bill Halverson is going to produce this album. He invites us over to his house. The whole band shows up, and his house was, um, everything in the house was white. the The walls, all the furniture, the carpeting was white. He He walks in with his gorgeous model wife all dressed in white it was like you were visiting the freaking pope or something you know so we're all standing there you know i'm like shivering in my boots because i'm in the same room as the guy who produced crosby Sils and ash here comes uh one of the caterers with a tray of fine french bordeaux very generous pours so i take this wine and i'm shaking to begin with and i fumble in the white room the, the red wine in the white room, <laughs> a costly fumble to say uh-huh. the least. <laughs> and uh, I think that was the beginning of a downward spiral <laughs> that uh, ended up in, uh, in my dismissal. But, um, you know, uh, and, and during my time away from the band, I will tell you that I was playing uh, solo acoustic shows. I once uh, opened a show in South Bend, Indiana, just near in Notre Dame, just down the road from Chicago. I opened for the Eagles and I'm standing in the wings and I'm all set to walk out. It's a full house. They were touring on their Desperado album and I'm standing on the side of the stage, got my acoustic guitar. The DJ comes out, works the room a little bit and he goes and opening the show tonight is a young singer songwriter, amazing guitarist. His voice is a, is a treasure. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dan Fogelberg. Oh, what the f? And I'm on the side of the stage and I'm like, okay, I either run off crying and quit music and never come back, or I walk out there and I freaking kick some ass, you know? Right. And so I walked out there. The first thing I did was play Music Man for him. So I'm like, if there is an ARIO Speedwagon fan out there somewhere, they would recognize that song, and uh, so it was. A, it was a character building uh, experience for me to say the least. But well,
1: uh, the good news yeah. is, if you if you if you shit the bed, they're going to blame Fogelberg. They're not going <laughs> to take it out on you.
3: That's tr- that's true, right? That that so that probably really uh, hurt Danny's career. I in, think he had in, a tough time after that. Yeah, he did. He didn't. Yeah, he it, after that home free album, it was uh, it was all all downhill. Yeah, I, I yeah.
1: believe he's got a song on Souvenirs all about that experience. Uh, having <laughs> heard that story, <laughs> um, so you all right. You're gone from the band. You're doing the solo thing. You call, you rejoin the band. You put out an album uh, just called Ario. Just and, called
3: Ariel, which has think, this song. Go ahead. Uh, 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 there, there was one song that 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 the band heard. I made a demo um, in Chicago at uh, Gary Loaizzo's studio, Pumpkin. Yeah, yeah. You know, Oklahoma. Yes, The late, great Gary Loaizzo from the American Breed. Mm. Sang lead on mm. bend Me shape me any way you want me. Mm. Produced all Sticks' records. Anyway, mm. Gary was a great guy. I made a demo of this song. And uh, somehow uh, the Ariel guys got wind of it. My voice had recovered. Used to be lonely till I learned about living alone. Found other things to keep my mind on. And getting to know myself a little bit better Oh, yeah Oh, I keep pushing on I keep pushing Keep pushing Keep pushing Got to keep pushing on Keep pushing You know you've got to be so strong Keep pushing Keep pushing, even if you think your strength is gone. Keep pushing, keep pushing, keep pushing on.
1: Going to the chain, hell, I made so many many mistakes. mistakes. Hit it, hit it, Jimmy. No, oh, no, I lost it. I, I, I can't do it anymore. I refuse to. I uh, go with the world, the change. God damn it, that's a great song. I, uh, I wanted. I've all, I Kevin, I've said this many times in my life. Uh, I, I wanted to get famous enough to play in a celebrity golf tournament, which I was lucky enough to do. And the other one I always want to do is to be invited on stage to sing. Keep pushing or roll with the changes, because you always bring like people out with you to sing those two songs and True. so those were my two goals so you know, understand something I want a full chapter in that book <laughs> right full chapter, and I want to okay. at some point uh be uh, brought on uh, stage uh, to uh, yeah uh brought brought on stage. Okay, <laughs> brought on stage to sing, keep pushing, or uh, uh, roll with the changes. Roll with the changes. Either way, backup one. vocals. Backup vocals. Our uh, choice for lead.
3: Okay. All right. All right. Very good.
1: Very good. You're, yeah, your your choice. <laughs> um. Uh. All right. You do that. You come back. You've got the live album. Uh, which, of course, uh, Gary, he played guitar yourself, you sing, um, which is the greatest uh, 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 non-individual of 157 Riverside Avenue, the wonderful, just nonsense stage pattern. But then here comes uh, Tune a Piano. You, uh, you can tune a piano, but you can't tune a fish, uh, which was Ario's first Top 40 album, if I'm not mistaken. It was. And I heard, and maybe I'm wrong about this, and I find this to be craziness uh considering what's about to come with high infidelity is that tuna fish is your favorite reo album is that true
3: I, uh, you know what i would say that uh yeah a case could be made for that it was uh you know yeah it was our first time that we actually produced the record ourselves you know Rich Rath and i show up in new york city we're like either we produce this next record or we're not recording like we're, we're throwing down the gauntlet and the president of the label is like okay. Like, All right. okay. Yeah. We ran out of that room so fast, you know, like didn't right. really give him a chance to change his mind, but, but, uh, yeah, we ended up uh, producing the record and it was, um, highly rewarding. I think for me, because the band kind of trusted my, um, vision, you know, they, they really put that, you know, cause I had, I, you know, I had rolled the changes. I had time for me to fly right? Uh, blazing your own try. I, I, my songwriting, I'll put in that you know because it's it's always a roller coaster and you know so in our band it's kind of like the songwriting up, you know it, it, that kind of the band kind of just goes with the songs and i think that's a pretty uh a pretty good way of doing things that's what i tell my kids to do but so yeah so that was a uh, that was an important record for me and uh um yeah and and m- m- more importantly that fish that you see on the album cover nowadays there'd be some you know virtual fish being photoshopped this was a fish that we went to long beach harbor picked out a handsome tuna (laughs) put it on ice drove to joshua tree national park met the the art director carried this fish plus all the gear like on a mile hike in the middle of nowhere (laughs) held this at sunrise we're freezing our asses off held that fish at the exact right angle so that the sunrise would would reflect off the tuning fork, which we had put in its mouth, and he captured that moment. So it is, you know, stuff like that, you know. It is an really, iconic
1: it, album cover. It really yeah, is. Yeah,
3: things things like that don't happen anymore.
1: Uh, you know I, I, Sally, I, I glossed over this, though, Kevin. How did you then get back in REO? They, they, they kicked you out, you're gone. How, how does, a, does Gary Richrath pick up the phone and say, hey, we want you
3: back in? Uh, well, you they guys came run, back we- uh, basically on hands and knees. Uh, of back course. Back of me course. To, to return. And uh, I thought about it for a second and then I
4: said yes.
1: Okay, very good. Uh, all right, so then Nine Lives comes after Tuna Fish, and then here comes High Infidelity. You, did, did you guys, I know this is the cliched, I'm not a journalist by any means, I'm a jackass comedian, but I know it's the cliched question that, ha, that is asked. When you're recording High Infidelity, do you know this is something special, this is going to explode, or did it surprise you guys as much as it did radio?
3: No, you don't understand. When we started High Infidelity, what would become High Infidelity, which was actually, uh, you know, 40 years ago right now, is when we were writing the songs in this doing the work that became high fidelity so i celebrate this anniversary even though the album's anniversary is next year but uh we started that record in i mean uh, can i say shithole on your show yes <laughs> yeah. of course okay. you can
1: okay unless you're referring to this show <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh all right so let's see no uh so uh so we we booked a demo time in this studio, uh, it, uh, called Crystal, and it was on the ro- it, in the wrong side of Hollywood. as the best way I can put it. It uh, it the, the, there was an aroma uh, when you walked into the room. It, it was a combination of like you know uh, a thousand cigarette butts, um, hints of dried urine. It was, it was a bouquet uh, unlike any place else I'd ever been. So no, we were making demos. We were record company said, basically they, they had given us 10 chances to have a hit single. And, uh, this was pretty much it. And so we didn't know what to do. We, we just did what we always did. We went in, wrote the songs that we wrote, made the record that we made. But the thing about Heinz Fidelity was that, uh, this is my theory that we'd been on the road in the studio constantly for four years. All of our personal lives were, um, kind of feeling the effects of that, uh, you know, determination and that drive that we had as a band, but you know, the home life suffered and we were all going through it. And so the songs that we wrote, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't set out to make a concept album, but, again accident it was an accidental concept album because the songs are all kind of coming from each one of our perspective you know keep on loving you and take it on the run they are the mirror of one another kind of I mean that's right. that's maybe a stretch but anyway yeah so no we had no idea um,
1: but then it explodes you have your first number one record not only do you have a hit you have a massive hit radio can't stop playing this thing you guys
3: I th- we I would say in 81 is there a bigger band than REO Speedwagon you know, eighty one was a was a pretty good year for us, I will say. And uh what made it even better it was that Dennis DeYoung was right they were, it was so close to us, but I kinda I finally avenged that that <laughs> loss. Right. Not that I hold a 48 year card by course. any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> but uh no, this song um uh, I got to remember, because Steve Jones from the Sex Pistols played an acoustic. Uh, he and I were supposed to do a sh- uh, radio show together, and he showed me how he played Keep and Love You on guitar, and it was really awesome. I think that's it. Uh, should have seen. By the look in my eyes, baby, there was something missing. Should have known by the tone my voice made, but you didn't listen. You played dead, you never bled. Instead, you lay still in the grass or coiled up in his and I'm gonna keep on loving you, cause it's the only thing I want to do. I don't want to sleep, I just want not
4: keep on
1: loving you there it is the number one hit Ah. keep on loving you steve jones style (laughs) yeah Um,
3: (laughs) uh, (laughs) who would have thought in
4: 1981
3: that the guy from Mario Speedwagon and the guy from the Sex Pistols would be jamming on Keep on Loving." I mean, right. I would not. Yes. That's, uh, and, and that is the beauty. That is the beauty of music because it brings people together. It's, uh, you know, I always looked for, uh, for the common ground. That's kind of my thing, you know? And, uh, and I, and I have a song that I wrote all about it. As a matter of fact, another accident, of course, but, uh, Yeah, but hanging out with Steve, you know, he was like, you know, asking me the chords and showing me his way to do it. And here we are bonding over this power ballad that, I mean, probably at the times Steve Jones would have, if there would have been an R.E.O. Speedwagon record there, he probably would have spit on it or perhaps vomited on it or worse. (laughs) I don't, who knows? (laughs) Nicest guy in the world, you know, Uh we we totally hung. It was totally cool. So, you know, I dug it. You know, it was very cool uh hey we got to take a break
1: kevin are you doing okay on time can we take a quick I'm, break and come back for more what am i busy all right just making <laughs> sure uh up. all right let's take a quick break kevin is here he's got the uh, web series uh, songs and stories from camp cronin uh where his uh, daughter of course shows up once a week with holly's picks uh we are only up to 1980 but we'll we'll go quickly through the rest <laughs> of it uh we'll be back with more kevin cronin right after this Hey guys,
0: Matt here with some dates for you. Kevin Cronin is on Twitter at KCREO Speedwagon. I think that's also the official REO Speedwagon uh, handle on Twitter, so follow that for... All of Kevin's stuff, uh, hopefully they can get back out on the road soon so you guys can go see them. Also, check out Songs and Stories from Camp Cronin. That's on YouTube. It's on the Ario Speedwagon YouTube channel. So just uh, search Ario Speedwagon on YouTube and you'll find it. That's uh, if You know from this episode that Kevin's got great stories. He's a great storyteller and uh, he's a great singer, great songwriter. So you've got everything you need right there. Songs and Stories from Camp Cronin. And then uh, Jimmy Pardo, also on Twitter, of course, at Jimmy Pardo. The show is at NeverNotFunny. Elliot is at Elliot Hochberg. Garen is at MyNameIsGaren. And uh, you can like the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Funny. Our own YouTube channel, too, has videos of every episode, little clips to watch, plus the uh, Jimmy's Records and Tapes web series that uh, is a walk down memory lane via Jimmy's Record Collection. Please check it out at youtube.com slash nevernotfunny. Finally, Elliot Hochberg's fictionalbrands.net is still cranking out the hits. The hits meaning the shirts, the shirts meaning the masks. Now they're making masks. So go check out Elliot's new masks at fictionalbrands.net.
1: Enjoy.
0: I don't want to do that job. If you wanted to work, you would go work uh, as a headhunter. If you cared, if you enjoyed hiring people for, you know, if that was your your passion, it's not mine. No, it's, I don't. It's not mine either. So my passion's the opera. <laughs> Obviously, we all know that. Okay, I just want to make from, sure. From longtime listeners know that you love the. Opera. I want to make sure that everybody's reminded of it. So just leave it to the professionals at ZipRecruiter. Let them do it. Let their technology help you so that you don't have to waste your time finding great candidates that's exactly right by the way we have
1: tickets for the opera coming up i'm gonna hire somebody to go in my place (laughs) uh that is my passion my passion for the opera is to avoid it yeah uh ziprecruiter.com slash pardo ziprecruiter.com slash pardo dot com slash pardo ziprecruiter the smartest way to hire Hey everybody, welcome back to the show, episode 2617. Uh, Kevin Cronin is here, he's taking time away from the camp. Uh, maybe having a knapsack or whatever they do, a, a sack lunch around the fire. I don't know what they do when we're not. <laughs> they're not videotaping at Camp Cronin. Uh, making s'mores, maybe? maybe. Also, uh,
0: what's that, Matt? Maybe making a s'more.
3: Does any, do you like s'mores? Does anybody like s'mores? I don't like s'mores. No. I, guess not, I have right? graham crackers for breakfast every day. Plain, Just, just give me some graham crackers. Huh. In fact, that was my hotel alias for a number of years. Graham, Graham Cracker Crackers. Yes.
1: I thought, I thought that was you know, Kevin, to, to that point of you be having an alias on the road, uh, I had the, this is, uh, again, a self-service. The very first time I ever met you guys was backstage. No, it wasn't backstage. It was after a show. You guys performed in Rosemont at the Rosemont Horizon. On, uh, and I know the date and there's a reason I know the date. It was July 19th of 1985 which at that point it was, I think the third coldest day in Chicago history. Yes. And then the survivor next day open, right? survivor open, it's exactly right. Yes. And the next day was, uh, it turned out and it was 23 below zero without wind chill. Right. And you guys still jammed a place, which I found fascinating. Like I I, I was like, well, let's, let's still go. It'll probably be empty. Nobody's going to go out in this weather, but it was still <laughs> packed. Again, you got at the peak of their powers. And, um, afterwards i i worked in record stores then i worked for mca records kevin for a little while in the 80s and uh so i had connections and so after the sh- not that it was a big shot but i had connections to people at cbs and epic and uh we were invited to the after party which i found fascinating. The bowling alley right was that a bowling alley yes bowling alley, dude yes now is that something you guys did on the regular as the young people say or was that some special the fact that you remember maybe it's a special thing well, you know, bowling, we
3: used to um, we <laughs> we used to actually reserve tennis clubs after the show. So we would play a gig, go to to a tennis club and play tennis for with, with like you know fifty or sixty yeah, this ridiculous entourage. But that that wasn't it. Must have been well because it was Chicago and it was Survivor. You know, it was another Chicago band. Right. But what I remember. Getting to, you're driving past the gig on the way to our hotel. And there was a line of people, a, a, at least a couple of thousand people in, you know, in the afternoon. And I thought, the, was was the windshield factor like 80 below? Or, it, it, was, was a, it was. It was like, like 80 something. below. It was like incredible. And people stood there. I was like, I was blown away. That's why I never forget that night. Because it's like, that is some... Those are some people that really they really want to hear the the gig and, and things like that. I mean, I always get fired up for shows. I mean, I, you know, anyone I because I'm just I'm I've always been mindful of the fact that I mean it always blows me away that people are willing to spend their hard earned money to come and watch us. I mean, we're just like, you know, we're a bunch of boneheads up there just, you know, hitting guitars. And and so I don't take that for granted for a second, man. I, I so I'm I come, you know loaded for every time not loaded in that way but I mean I ready remember. to rock you know but certain nights man something something like that happens and you go man these people these are the these are the real thing man and you go up there and you just tell the band you know there's a little something extra on nights like that so it, yeah. uh, I, I'm going to tell you what it point. came.
1: It came across because like, you know, again, I was working record stores and, and, and for a record company. And so I had been to a zillion shows. But there was something special about that night. And, and, and I think you just, you know, put a uh, put a spotlight on it was we were all we all fought that weather to be there. So there was right. a like minded <laughs> idiocy, really. Yeah. And uh, and that it was, was uh, cool. God damn it. That was a great show. And then and then like I said to go bowling afterwards. <laughs> uh it just to me was like oh yeah i want to go to the after party and and i never i'm not a guy that did drugs or anything but i drank like an asshole but i didn't uh i didn't do drugs so i was like well, what the fuck what's that after party mean? what what, what are we, it's, is it hookers and blow what's gonna happen oh no you're gonna go bowling <laughs> all right
3: i <laughs> uh, i find that were you guys not a party band afterwards or no you know you, know, you missed the, the hookers and blow fuck, I missed it. Speed wagon. you just 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 barely man you know damn it yeah sorry you know well, all i right, missed well, it too you know i mean oh you I, also missed I, it? it it happened but i don't i think i missed it well, okay. it might have happened i don't even know I can't, I can't be sure
1: you were trying to pick up an eight nine spare i think that's why you <laughs> missed the, the hookers um and that was on the wheels of uh that was, i think what the tour was called the wheels are touring but it was the wheels are turning album that uh yes again we had a number one uh, song for you guys um, no but it
3: should have been called wheels are touring that would have been brilliant Wait, now, well, what, you, we need a man like you in this organization well i'm more than happy to do it you know what write that down on that
1: list so i'm happy to i'm happy to help out Ari on any way you guys are uh, you've had a tough go of it i'm happy to help out so
3: let's say 2025 uh, the 40-year right. anniversary the wheels are touring
1: dude mm. You're welcome. I love that. <laughs> I, I, I swear that I think that's what you called it, but I'll take full credit for it. <laughs> no, that, um, no that,
3: would have been, that, that would have been brilliant, and that was far beyond our... Uh, no, that was very... I, I love that. Thank you.
1: Uh, but the, the first single off that album was I Don't Want to Know, which wasn't really a hit, although I think it's a great song. Uh, it was right, It was a semi-hit, but then, you know, Can't Fight well, the, the feelings to When Everybody Remembers.
3: It, it was the video for right. I Don't Want to Know. If you remember that video... The, uh, cray, with, the the wacky with the, like the, splashing paint it yes. it was crazy it was so much fun I, but, don't much right, right, I, I, don't, I don't wanna know how much you love me I don't wanna know how much you love me I want to know how much you care I don't wanna I don't wanna I don't wanna know I don't wanna do what I'm supposed to do i don't want to wear what i'm supposed to wear i don't wanna. i don't want to i don't want to know
1: love it love it kevin cronin our speed wagon that's off the wheels are turning which again i'm I mean, the wheels are touring uh 2025 i'm going to be uh opening for the band uh, <laughs> Absolutely. nothing nothing worse than a comic opening up for a band in a venue so that'll be a, a nightmare um, all right. So, Kevin, as I told you, uh, we play trivia on this. Uh, you bring your daughter on your show. I have my son get involved with my show. My son is 12 oh, years great. old. Nice. Uh, my, every week, my son writes a trivia question. I'm going to give all you right. the topic. Uh, and then you have to, uh, in your own head, decide if you're betting anywhere between zero and 25 points. Okay. Um, and here it goes. Okay. So, the topic okay. is the Billboard Hot 100. The Billboard Hot 100.
3: Hot 100. Now, I don't know okay, what that so means. I- he- so I keep so I keep my bet in my head.
1: Yeah, or you can write it in down bed. if you have a piece of paper if you want to do that. Yeah,
3: no, 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 I'm good. I got it. I'm locked oh. in.
1: I'm actually going to. I think I'm going to bet a little higher than I usually do. Um, I think so. Yeah, but I don't know. He's 12. Now that's that like, Kevin, my son's favorite band is Sticks. Keep that in mind. Oh,
3: <laughs> so also, he's it, so so wait so wait wait hold on let me clarify so this is your son. Such the such the the the, uh, the topic and the question. Yes,
1: so he said the it, top every, everything.
3: according to a twelve-year-old.
1: Yes, but ah. again, he is a he's an '80s. He loves the '80s music. Styx is his okay. favorite band. Uh, um, he was very right. excited okay. that you were joining the show. He uh, he loves Ario as well. He okay. really is uh, he likes anything his old man does. Uh, cool. But but here's the beauty of this, Kevin. If all you right. if you get this right and nobody else does, you'll get five dollars. <sighs> And which means wow. one thing, you know, who, you know, who didn't get five bucks. Dennis DeYoung. He doesn't have five dollars. <laughs> so you can rub this in his face the next time you see it. Right. Okay.
3: All right.
1: Here's the question. Here's the question. All right. As I could open this up. And again, uh, Kevin, what you don't know is my son has horrible handwriting. Okay. So I will wish. Uh,
3: which... Amazing that he can even handwrite at, at this point. <laughs> well, and that's he... not it's no longer taught in the uh, school. Yeah. So, right. Far as I know, Yeah.
1: Uh, all right. So this is a, which OK, which 1990 song, oh boy. which peaked? I know that now now, now I regret my, my bet. Ooh. Matt, you have a chance. We'll you. You're right you're, there.
3: Right there. I'm, I'm out. All right. Yeah, uh, me too. I fold. As I always <laughs> say about the
1: 90s, if it's not a hooting to blowfish answer, I'm screwed. <laughs> um, which 1990 song which peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100 was a remix of a 1984 acapella song of the same name?
4: oh wow that's interesting
1: acapella in 84 now some we should all know this
3: Ooh, i gotta i'm how many are there right
0: Right. i wonder if the 84 one was a hit though that yeah that's a good question garen thinks he knows
2: it
3: oh sh- wait, so 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 not so now do we press uh, an imaginary buzzer or, or <laughs> you will uh, i i i will i will ask the, the, my cast
1: guys hear their answer i will then get your answer okay, and then you. i'll reveal okay. the answer okay perfect uh, uh but, but, but Kevin, you're, you're welcome to press any sort of imaginary button that you like <laughs> if, if that's uh, <laughs> gonna get you more into the game uh shit man i i, uh, I feel like this is gettable but i can't think of it <sighs> I have a horrible guess. A horrible I have a really guess. Because guess. I think my guess—the song came out in '89. I don't even think that my guess is is accurate. '84.
5: And, the, oh, and, and it was a 1990s. Did it say the year in the 1990s? '94. It, 94 it or just
1: says 95? which 1990s song, which peaked at number five. Ah, oh, fuck! My guess is horrible because the song I was going to guess went to number one.
2: Number five. Okay, I'm going to go. I think there. I got it. Wow, I'm pretty confident. I'm, I'm still wrong. Good, good for I'm you, still wrong.
0: Pretty confident. Oh, wow. I, I can think of the song, but I can't think of the name of it now. Oh, wow. So it, that's more.
5: Or I, th- I can right, think You guys, th- you guys think about this, and I'll ask
1: Kevin a question. Yeah, yeah, go uh, ahead. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get a Kevin Cronin's story while you guys think about this. So, yep, Kevin,
0: so
1: yeah. you guys in 1985, you also had the, I, I I don't know if it was a pleasure or if it was a nightmare. Depending on the various <laughs> bands that you speak to, uh, they have a different take on it. But you guys were part of Live Aid. Yes. Did... Did you? Is that experience that you? I, I've never had a chance to t- talk
3: directly to somebody that was at Live Aid. Did you enjoy that experience? Um, you know, it, it was a it was a long experience. The experience started the night before for us because we had a CNN camera crew who who decided that they would see Live Aid through the eyes of Ariel Speedwagon. So they okay. met us at the plane the night before, but I. I I had a rough night. I will tell you the night before, but the actual day of Live Aid, like I was, a, I was scared shitless from the time I got off the plane. I walked out on stage in front of like two billion people, and I felt fine. Okay, and I realized at that moment that most human beings would would list um, a speak public speaking or going out on stage, you know, having stage fright as their top fear that's I think the number one fear in human beings I on the other hand have uh, another type of uh, affliction I have everywhere except on stage fright
4: yes oh I get it
3: I'm terrified for the rest of my life when I get on stage that's the one time that I feel oh okay this feels good so you know so that so the yes the, the experience of performing live aid was fun no sound check Every, I mean, I started playing roll with the changes in the wrong uh, octave on the piano. Oh shit! Um, you know, we had a couple of the guys in the Beach Boys, Paul Schaefer, were hanging out on the side of the stage. So I think they came out and sang your part, uh, Jimmy. I'm With the changes. Okay. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And then, and it, of course, we, it, we, we we go right from stage to the airport into a plane. We, we don't even change our stage clothes. We go right to Milwaukee and play a headline show at Marcus Amphitheater that night. So it was just, right. it was wild. But it was great. Time. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you guys went on. I mean,
1: obviously they would uh, go back to England in between to let the stage be set up. But if I'm not mistaken, it was you guys and then your heroes, Crosby, Stills, and Nash went on right after you guys, didn't they? You know what? I think they
3: did. I, I remember when we got there, uh, the backstage area was like, You know, a lot of like trailers and stuff like that. But I seem to remember there was one teepee set up backstage, and sitting in front of the teepee by himself was Neil Young. And I just have that picture in my mind. Now, it's altogether possible that I'm totally made that up. Yeah. You know, I can't, I can't swear to it. We need some other eyewitness accounts. But I, and I think, I think, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think Black Sabbath might have gone on before us so i think it went were, something like go ahead i'm sorry no 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 what what, what were you going to say Did, i i, I,
1: th- I think so? it was i think it was uh, i think it was sabbath and rick springfield and you guys i think were the three okay. in that order
3: yeah i apologize but, my and that's how it felt backstage. The, the, there was just the the eclectic nature of because everybody everybody wanted to be part of that show i mean it was just such a you know you started hearing about the artists who were, who were scheduled to play, who were there from, from day one. And you're, and so everyone, you know, it's like, you want to be a part of something that, yeah. you know, the, the obviously the charitable aspect was a huge draw, but just the enormity of the event, it was like, wow, if, if you can, if you can find a slot there, you're going to take it. You know? So it was, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. it was, it was an honor. For sure.
1: Oh, that's great. Uh, because, you know, I, I just finished Phil Collins uh, Uh, autobiography where he admits that he ruined live aid for everybody by playing with led zeppelin like he 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 takes the blame he recognizes he shouldn't have been up there uh which is uh because people hated him for that people hated him that he felt the need to make it all about him and he's like i didn't want to make it about me i just i robert Plant asked me to play i showed up i thought i was gonna play drums all of a sudden now it's hyped as a zeppelin reunion and he he basically just said so i'm sorry
3: you uh, know what But, but that's such bullshit because I mean, he's a great drummer, you know, right. He's an amazing, obviously a great singer, great songwriter, but before any of that, he was, he, he was like Dave Grohl before Dave Grohl as far as drummers who are so talented that you just know that eventually they're going to end up in front. It's, it's, it's inevitable. And then once they do see, I, I have a theory that all lead singers secretly wish they were drummers, and all drummers secretly wish they were lead singers. And I talked uh, about this uh, with Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters, yeah. who, who now plays in a band with a drummer who was once a drummer and wanted to be a lead singer and now is. Taylor himself is a drummer who wants to be a lead singer. And, and so when I, when I shared my uh, theory with him, because I'm a, I'm a closet drummer, I love to play the drums. And every once in a while, I like, I'm like, oh, wow. I'm sounding pretty good. And then I think that and, you know, <laughs> it's a I, I lose it. You know, it's like, but uh, so that's.
1: Have you good. seen the uh, the clips uh, to that point of uh, Rick Astley playing drums on uh, ACDCs? Is it because uh, uh, you you shook me all I shook me all night long, I think. And Rick Ashley plays I, drums on that. And really? uh, Can he it, play? it's one of
3: those. He, he's good. Yeah, yeah. he's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Steven Tyler, Steven is a tremendous drummer. I mean, it, no matter what instrument you play, whether you're a singer, uh, if you can play a little drums at all, that's a good thing because drums are kind of a real natural thing. People sit down at a drum set and they either start to play something or they don't know what to do. And, Mm -hmm. and my, my oldest son, Paris, uh, when he was about two, two and a half years old, we had a little you know, Mickey Mouse drum set in the family room. And he used to sit down and play. And, and I heard him playing uh, eighth notes on the snare drum and the back beat on, on the ride cymbal. And I'm like, but, it, but his groove was good. It was like, he was really playing. And then I was like, mm-hmm. duh, switched it around. He was lefty. So I, ah. figured out, I figured out my son was lefty because, because of the drums, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a great drummer. Oh, Paris is just a fantastic, plus he plays a number of other instruments really well too. But yeah, playing, being the, knowing how to play the drums just means you got a little natural rhythm and that helps no matter what you're doing musically. Uh, Kevin, do you have any kids that aren't talented? (laughs) It sounds like every kid in this family is... uh, Yeah, yeah. so no, sadly, they're all far more talented than me. So it's it's like, but in my defense yesterday, and maybe it was just because it was Father's Day and my boys uh, had mercy on me, but I don't think so. But I won a game of horse against Josh and Shane. I think the last time I actually won a game of horse with them was two thousand eight maybe 2007 Mm -hmm. and uh last night man i was i was unstoppable my my shots were just falling so i put the pressure on them so i never had to follow them otherwise they would have been like shooting three-pointers you know i just kept it kept it within the 12 to 14 foot range in general free throw called board a couple of times you know and short Mm -hmm. shots and walked away with the victory man so you know the old man's got a little something
1: what <laughs> <I, laughs> uh when you play horse do you do the? when i play horse with my son we'll do the crazy thing where you you, you gotta you, you you call your shot dribble three times turn around make your shot you do that with your boys or is it just actual basketball shots
3: it's actual basketball shots but here okay but i got a question for you because yes. the way i know the game is let's say you're playing with three people first person makes his shot second person misses the shot third person free shot he can do whatever he wants in the way i play Mm -hmm. now the way my sons play is if there's three people playing even if the second person misses the third person still has to make that first shot What's your ruling on this we, You know
1: what? We play it that way, um, although I think my son gets mad at me every time I suggest it. I think he wants to play your way. Where I, And I think my wife... Wa- I might be the only guy that's ruining it. I think my <laughs> wife and son prefer it but your no, version. But
0: what you're saying, and, and Kevin, what your sons are saying is a little more fair because then it's then the order doesn't matter as much, right? Uh, Not
3: quite as much, yeah. 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 I mean, it still matters who you're after, but you get to... Have a free shot, you know, yeah, if yeah. if the other guy misses, which,
1: you know, yeah. But I, I feel if you if if let's say if Kevin if the, if Matt myself and Kevin are playing, Kevin makes the shot, I then go up and miss it. I think Matt still has to Matt. I I feel that Matt should have to make the shot that you made to start that no. round.
3: No, 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 Matt's free, free shot for Matt. You missed. <laughs> you don't want late, Matt doing a free late. shot. Then he's going to take over the game. Then <laughs> <laughs> that's true because if he then missed the shot that I made and I would know something about both of you and I would just stand right. at that same spot and shoot from there for right. the entire rest of the game and just, all right, so, yeah. Right. yeah.
1: You know, although now okay. you bring up a good argument for the other side of it, if that guy should get a free shot so that you don't do anything like
4: that.
3: <laughs> mm. No, I mixed it up yesterday. I made a couple of 14 to, I, 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 I would say 16 footers from, from each corner, nothing but net. Nice. And my boy, and I'll tell you what, my boys have got game. I got no game as long as it, if someone's defending me I couldn't hit the I couldn't throw a pee in the ocean as Chick Hern used to say but <laughs> if no one's defending me and it's just me and I can really concert at my shot you know I can do okay. But all right yeah. well
1: happy father's day to you i think they <laughs> threw you. it Thank but you if you, you want to walk away feeling that you uh, beat them that's fine uh <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right let me get the uh let me get the trivia answers here yeah in oh, 1990s okay. uh which 1990 song which peaked at number five on the single on the billboard hot 100 was a remix of an 84 acapella song of the same name uh wait uh, wait, wait. No let me ask you let me clarify yes. so it's yes. a
3: song of the same name it's not the same song but,
1: but it's
5: a remix of that song yeah it's a remix yeah. Right. But 84 a cappella. It is the, it's it's the same, same song. Yeah, same, same song. Same song. But it might have okay. other elements like it could be a rap right. song. Right, right, right. right, right. It. Yeah. But yeah. it's not
4: just
3: two different songs that happen to have the same name coincidentally. No. Correct. I, okay, no, good. yeah, right. That's it's, I thought. It,
1: it, uh all right, garen what do you got well, yeah, you you're so you Garren, you're very confident. I very
2: confident. was until you just said that. Uh <laughs> but I'm going to stick with my answer. I'm going to go with Tom's Diner. Yeah. Isn't that interesting?
1: That was mine, too. By, by Suzanne Vega. Is that Suzanne Vega, right?
0: Yeah. Suzanne Vega, yes. Because that's, that's why I was struggling. I was like, it's the doo-doo-doo-doo song. But, oh, I... uh, but that is a song that had a 90s, like, more dance mix version that was a hit. And I, but was oh, it a cappella? But I don't remember if the original was acapella. I think it was. Uh, Matt, is that your guess? That is also, yeah, I also said Tom's Diner.
1: I'm only jumping in right now. I know I'm going out of order, but I'm only jumping in because my guess was Luca. Oh, wow. You were. what? She lives on the second wow. floor. In the ba- what are in the, the odds The three dudes picked a Suzanne Vegas song? But, That's But, Luca, but Luca's
0: yeah. not acapella.
1: I recognize my guest sucks.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, you know, your staff really rubs it in there. <laughs> oh, wow.
1: trust me. I, <laughs> I, I, There's some aggressiveness
3: going on right over there. <laughs> Kevin, I don't
1: know when it turned from me being the star of the show to me being the stooge. I don't know when it <laughs> turned, <laughs> but it happened at some point.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, I know the feeling. That's how it is for me every night at the dinner table. <laughs> oh, Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: Uh, Here's dad, the doddering old man. (laughs) Uh, All right, Elliot, what's your guess? So I didn't
5: go that direction. I was trying to think of anybody who did acapella at any point in the time that I've been alive. I was thinking about Manhattan Transfer, but I couldn't come up with a song that I for sure knew. So I just said My Girl but i'm almost positive that's wrong but I, I i wouldn't be surprised if manhattan transfer was the singer of the 1984 version of whatever it is that's uh, yeah.
1: interesting i also thought of bobby mcferrin but that was uh... yeah
5: but none of his stuff that was popular was a cappella he did a lot of a cappella stuff right i'm am I'm a bobby mcferrin guy so i would know mm-hmm. I, I don't think we know I don't it think this video. Be-
0: <laughs> you don't
1: Although up could be it. wrong. Maybe I've forgotten something. I hope you're wrong because of the condescending
0: tone you took out. I also feel like 84 <laughs> is a little too early for Bobby McFerrin. Was well, it? no, no. I'm, uh, I'm um,
1: suggesting that Bobby McFerrin yeah. was the, that they ended up doing a remix of Oh, his. yeah, yeah. No, that, it's uh, a terrible uh, guess he did a re- for a lot of other It's reasons. a horrible guess. <laughs> it's a ge- it's yeah. the worst guess of the night. It's yeah. worse hey guys, than Luca. Could you,
3: could you ease up on how horrible that guess would be?
1: <laughs> no. Matt, Thank you, Kevin.
3: Someone on the panel perhaps <laughs> hypothetically guessing something along those lines.
1: Oh, oh
0: <laughs> good point good point yes we should have waited uh, to what see what the guess. I was I was like jimmy's all right you. so then
1: what's your guess
3: kevin, kevin is sitting here rethinking his entire uh, <laughs> uh no i was gonna say okay so it's got to be acapella so that 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 eliminates a lot of guesses right off the bat so i'm thinking acapella i'm thinking a song that might have been redone in the 90s so I'm going with Don't Worry, Be Happy. That was, you know what? I You can't see Good guess. See it. Good guess, I, Good I, guess I Kevin. Good out. guess.
1: Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> 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 oh, like
3: so why do you have to cross it out? That, because
1: right. I changed my mind to Luca. I was so excited uh, that I thought of uh, Luca, but all right, all right. Don't Worry, Be Happy was my, that was my first gut. Uh, Let me ask
3: you a question. What, what was it about Luca that made you come to the conclusion that it was in fact an acapella song?
1: Uh, what well first it? of all it's not so it's all a right. horrible guess. <laughs> <laughs> that, well that was kind
3: I, of the, the gist of my question
1: i think the, i also in your oh, head
0: yeah. you you knew that it was suzanne vega like or if, yes. if, if we're right maybe we're not right but if you were thinking of tom's diner but you couldn't pull it 100 like, because i did the same uh-huh. thing i was like i knew it was okay. suzanne vega and i was like what's the song it's not but it's not luca because that's not acapella but i couldn't think of the name
1: uh, all right well okay. let's find out sure. here we go are we ready
0: oh did ub
5: 40 do a remix of i Marvel thought it you 40 know?
1: be 42 red red wine i wrote i crossed that yeah, out too it might could be. be could all be all right here we go uh-huh. aha i will tell you this we got a winner oh we boy. got a winner oh boy uh and the uh, <laughs> the band dna took suzanne vega's voice and added their beats originally without permission However, Vega much later uh, much later said she loved it. Her voice track, uh, boy, again, my son's head running. The, the voice track, uh, Castle, that can't be right. Very, <laughs> very first song covered to MP3, which is how the band did it. And the answer is Tom's Diner. Nice it it is wow. Tom's Diner. Gosh. High five, Aaron. That is Aaron. impressive. That is impressive. That's impressive all right so you guys each get 250 isn't that exciting yeah, <laughs> yeah no, well, it's a
0: point value but that's it's oh it's a
1: point value my out apologies out points, yeah.
2: yeah my, my, oh, my apologies points. what do we all bet Aaron what do you, Karen, what'd you go with I went with 15.
5: nice I went Matt. two. not that it matters
1: uh, I went with 17 it doesn't matter Kevin what'd you go with you know
3: I, I bet the farm I, I about it. 25 I, sure, why 25 so like do I owe you now <laughs> you now owe us another $20,000 yeah
1: jeez uh that was off the air like that, that uh matt
0: what did you bet well it's it hurts to say it but i said 20 oh you Boom. Suck. suck it garen it doesn't hurt you at all <laughs> you, you, you know what you're doing i tried to i tried to, to switch it up i wanted to fool you guys into thinking i went low
1: well, that means Matt wins that again. Uh, all right. Kevin Cronin has been our guest. Kevin, could we talk? I, I know that you, you first of all, you talked about how it's important for you to get a laugh from a, from a comedian. <laughs> but also, can I ask you to close up with one last song after you tell this story? Yes. Is that possible? Yes. Absolutely. Uh, so Fair deal. who is I, I meant to ask this earlier, but you mentioned that you have a list of the times that you made comedians laugh. Do You have one that stands out more than the others.
3: Um, well I do. It's a it's a pretty impressive list and and, I, and but I'll save that for the book. So um but uh <laughs> got to save something for the book. When is but, the, by the way when when is the
1: when is the book due to come out or if you're still working out it probably 2021 I would imagine?
3: I would have to finish in order for it to come out. I would just yeah. have to finish it. That makes That's sense. That's really kind of the problem. Uh, um, I'm on my I believe this is rewrite number 8 that oh, I'm Jesus. just about to finish but but in my defense, I heard that uh, Springsteen, whose book I didn't read because I didn't want to be unduly influenced, uh, I heard he did nine and that it took him seven and a half years. So okay. I'm, I'm three and a half years in, started as an accident, of course, um, but all right, so comedians, I love yeah. comedians. I have the utmost respect for the stand-up comedian. It's the hardest job in the world as we, as we talked about earlier. So, but to get a laugh, is amazing all right so my thing is to try to get a laugh from a comedian so i my song can't fight this feeling comes on the radio as ryan gosling actor ryan gosling and uh and director nicholas r-e-f-n highly regarded uh director uh they've always wanted to work together so they get together for dinner in la and and Ryan is sick and the dinner doesn't go well. And they're in this car and they're driving home and there's awkward silence. Gosling goes for the radio. Can't fight this feeling comes on, And at that moment, both of them come up with this idea for a movie and it's called drive. Yeah. Right? So the movie's drive. Uh, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, fast cars, you know, n- n- it's not a comedy. Albert Brooks plays like the baddest, badass, bad guy. You know, totally against type. You know, Albert is one of the funniest guys in the world. Right. So he plays this. He doesn't have one funny line in the movie. He's just a total a-hole. So, all right. So I get invited, my wife and I get invited to a party uh, you know like a I don't know something to do with the movie and we're seated we're in a pretty small room not a huge group we're sitting we're seated at a table for eight there's other comedians in the room at different tables the table next to mine I'm literally back to back I, I get up to pee I come back and I notice it's freaking Albert Brooks so I'm like I'm so close and yet so far away so I, I'm, I'm at my table and I'm And I, and I walk around, I, you know, you know, when you see people, you know, at one of those parties, you walk up to their table, you say hello. But I didn't have the guts because Albert Brooks was right next to me to get up and go over to his table. Just, I I don't know. So, and I couldn't think of anything to say. And I'm, you know, and you know, I'm wanting to get a laugh. If if I go there and stiff for Albert Brooks, it's like, it's going to ruin the night. So, so here we are, we're one of the last ones to leave the party. We're out outside. Of Chateau Marmont, and it's this beautiful old hotel with like a cobblestone driveway that comes up, and that's where they the 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 valet brings your car. So Lisa and I stand there, we're talking, and then up across the driveway walks. I see over out of my peripheral vision, it's Albert Brooks and his wife. I say to Lisa, I'm like Lisa, you're, you're not going to believe who stand. Don't look, Albert Brooks is standing right there. She, she goes, is he talking to his wife? Cause I'm like, you know, this is my chance. You know, she goes, is he talking to his wife? I go, no. All right. As long as you don't interrupt him, you can, you can make your move. And I should know this. Cause I've been on the other. You, so, you also know how to talk to human beings. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, they, yeah. sometimes. So, so I walk across the thing. I walk up to Albert Brooks. I extend my hand and, and he extends his. So that's a good sign. And I go, hi, Albert, my name's Kevin, saw the movie, you were hysterical. <laughs> and he literally did a spit take because it was, you know what I mean? That, right. You know, right?
0: Yes. Gorgeous. I mean,
3: that was, a, that, that was, that was comedy writer type shit. Yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Not, not that I'm, I'm, I'm semi-pro all the way, but <laughs> I got a spit take out of Albert Brooks. It was, it. It was one of the pinnacles of my uh,
4: career.
3: And there, but there's plenty more. We're gonna and get it in the book. Only one way to find yeah. out.
1: <laughs> Arrest them. Uh, will you also talk about your uh, appearance? Uh, the band was on the in the TV show Ozark. Will, will that also be in the book?
3: That will. Yes, there. The, the uh, yes, that was a uh, god. That was just such an amazing experience. And since it kind of just happened, uh, I would be remiss. Thank you for bringing it up to not uh, to not thank. uh Well, Jason Bateman. it starts at the top, but the whole Ozark thing, Laura Linney, I mean, like just, you know, it starts at the top. Everybody there was totally cool. They treated us with such, uh, I mean, they shouted us out. They actually, Tommy Shaw actually pointed out to me that they actually referred to our band in episode one, season three, as the wagon. (laughs) <laughs> ah. Love it. I mean... We're going to go see right? the wagon. The wagon. Yeah. The, you know, the, the guy from the dentist's co- uh, convention says, all right, we'll hold our event on your riverboat if you can guarantee the wagon.
4: <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Love you it. You know what
3: I'm saying? I do. And uh, but here, Okay. There was only one... Uh, there was one thing that was a little squirrely, and that is that in the... the you know so i said well, okay you know wh- what's the scene about and so they told us they told me that um in the scene my uh manager Dickie, uh calls the lead singer of ario speedwagon kev and 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 uh and relays an offer from from marty bird that uh that ario speedwagon launder a large sum of drug cartel money through our merch uh uh, booth and for that for the effort will be paid a hundred thousand extra dollars for the gig and kev who you don't hear or see but on the other end of the line agrees to launder all right so this is problematic in a in more than one way first of all every other character in ozark is is a fictional character right there was a time where i would say i was semi-fictional but nowadays i pride myself on being strictly non-fiction so so Mar- you know, it's not jason bateman laundering money it's marty bird laundering money but in this thing it's kev right me. i'm i'm agreeing to launder cartel money and even worse and, and i expressed it to, to jason and he he um he you know, he took the bullet. I, I'll say for that. For the, I said, Jason, I would never do it for one hundred. I mean, we're talking two two fifty, you know, quarter mil. <laughs> yeah, minimum, <laughs> minimum. But it was it was a great experience. You know, time for me to fly. It becomes reborn. You know, all of a sudden, right. you know, uh, it's just uh, you know. So it was just really fun, really rewarding. And and I thank the Ozark people. They. Uh, they shouted us out like they were just great it was a great experience
1: that's awesome so i great. have not watched season three yet and i am uh, uh oh yeah reading not having done so and Dude. i will uh, watch it too sweet you i mean this is the time you know yeah that's true you know i'm finding at night kevin i uh i'm watching old episodes of starsky and hutch and that girl during this time <laughs> It, to kind
3: of just combination
1: it is bizarre i don't disagree but i think it's just a way for me to relax and just uh i know there's a, newer shows for me to be binging and watching but for some reason there's a comfort in watching these things i watched as a kid and i think that's uh why i'm revisiting
3: those well you know that brings brings up a a, a starsky and hutch uh we, we were visiting liverpool and we had a a, a beetle guide uh who a a young well, not so young, but she was Paul McCartney's fan club president back before the Beatles were became the Beatles, right? So she, we're, we're driving around and we're seeing Strawberry Fields, we're seeing, you know, Penny Lane, we're seeing all this stuff. And then toward the end of the tour, this giant tour bus, we pull up to the front of this little pub and the tour guide tells us that this is the pub where Ringo Starr's parents used to hang out. Ringo used to live behind it and he would sometimes sneak in hang out with the kids this kind of bluesy pub. So she walks in, uh, to the pub. Uh, maybe there's some characters that knew Ringo that she was going to, I don't know, but we see these, these kids on the front porch and they're really excited. And we're like, Oh, geez, if we get out of this bus, we're just going to be sitting here. We're going to be signing autographs. It's going to be a pain in our ass. These kids are really excited. Like the guide comes back to the bus and comes in now picture Bruce Hall, blonde hair. All right. Our road manager, Tom Consolo, dark hair, combed backwards, kind of wavy. Okay. The kids thought, they looked in the bus and thought that it was Starsky and Hutch. And that's why they were so excited. (laughs) So, you know. Love it. Uh, You know, whatever it takes. Right?
1: Uh, Kevin, uh, thank you so much for being here. This was an absolute treat. This was a joy.
3: Well, Well, Jimmy, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was a joy. Nice to meet all your crew there. And uh, let's do it again, man. I'm, I, I'm, uh, I'm down.
1: I look forward to it and I will, uh, we do a charity event uh, every year for Smile Train. And since you are so close, if you're in town, we would
3: love to have you join us for that. And I will I, reach out. That would be great. And you know, it would, would be really great. I just thought of something. So uh, Dennis DeYoung took on, uh, became kind of a, well, he's kind of a part of my book, a reoccurring character, so to speak, just again, by accident. And, So, so it would be a, it would be a blast when, when the book is done, you know, which won't be too, too far in the future. If your charity thing comes up first, let me know, but to come on and, you know, just kind of with the actual finished book and have Dennis come on too, it would. would be, that would be a lot of fun. So uh, we would like lo- we would love to have you back. You are
1: welcome <laughs> back here anytime. Uh, uh, book, no book, whatever you are. No uh, book. Yeah, all right, you are welcome. Uh, the, the show is called Songs and Stories from Camp Cronin. You can check that out at, on YouTube. Uh, of course, his daughter, Holly, is a part of it as well. And uh, as I mentioned, it is it's just amazingly charming and, and fun to watch. Uh-huh. Um, the one album that I didn't mention uh, that I, 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 I and I'm, obviously I'm a big fan of Ario in general, but uh, the 87's Life As We Know It with the song That Ain't Love. Uh-huh. Uh, is, is there a chance you could play us out with
3: that, Kevin? Sure thing, man. That song. Um, th- th- are you familiar with Becca Bramlett? Her, her Becca her Bramlett. Brother? Yes. yes.
1: Uh, 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 Bonnie
3: and Delaney, right? Yeah, D- Delaney and Bonnie. Uh, uh, and then her, she yeah.
1: joined Fleetwood Mac for a tour, an album, and a tour.
3: That's where I met Be- Becca for the first. time. Oh, that's time. right. You did that tour together, of course. We did the tour together, and I'm, and I just, you know. I fell in love with her. She's just so talented, so soulful. And so I was in Nashville uh, doing kind of country versions of some of my songs. And I remember that Becca lived in Nashville. So I'm like, well, she's not a country singer. I don't care. And I had That Ain't Love ready. And with a pedal steel, you know, it was kind of a little country flavor. Becca came in. You know, She had heard the song because we played it live. But I can't say she really knew it. She came and sang that song in one performance. And I literally, it brought me to tears. And it taught me such a freaking amazing lesson. And uh, so I'd becca a thank for that. Uh, she showed me something in my song that I didn't even know was there. Oh, wow. Of. Kind of. I mean, I knew it was there because I wrote it, but I, right. I thought that writing it was enough. I thought the emotion of writing it then all you need to do is just sing, sing it in tune. No. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Becca. You tell me what thing think I'm feeling. You know how I do what I do. Why should you listen to what I'm saying? And it's already so clear to you you tell me about my bad intentions you're not the very, you doubt the very things i hold true i can no longer live with your misconceptions baby all i can say to you is that ain't love I believe you got the wrong emotion. Better that ain't love. At least it doesn't feel like love to me. As Long as I say what you want to hear, as long as I say, say what you want to hear, do what you want to do, be who you want me to be. You think that's love? Baby, that ain't love to me. Well, we got to talk it over some time. These feelings won't just disappear. I'm just going to keep telling you what's on my mind, even if it's not what you want to hear. Right now, your one and mine are such different places. Through yours, I wander lost and confused. And I feel like I'm speaking in a different language. And the only words I haven't used. That ain't love. Oh, I believe you got the wrong emotion. Better, that ain't love. At least it doesn't feel like love to me. As long as I say what you want to hear, do what you want to do, be who you want me to be. You think that's love, better than love to me.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kevin.
3: Okay,
1: thank you, man. All right, stay there, though. Don't go, don't run away. We got to say goodbye okay. off the air. Uh, okay. Let me say goodbye. On behalf of the Pop Culture Beast, there he is. That's uh, Gary Cockrell back there at Video Village. That's the uh, Cinnamon Stick. That's Elliot uh, Hochberg holding down the fort in Sherman Oaks, California at the studio, NNF Studios. That's the Honcha Matt Belknap. Our new friend, I'm calling it now, our new friend, okay. Kevin Conan. I'm Jimmy Parter. We'll see you next time on the podcast. AK 47, Gone, Not Forgotten.